Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson vill jag så bra som mig. Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Karlsson, Karlsson, Keep it. Keep that. Keep it? Okay. <clears throat> now. Yes! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keep It Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest-running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who have never been slapped in our careers as fantasy hockey players. I am your host, Elon Dubrovsky, and with me, once again, to talk through a lot of things. I think we got a really fun little uh, hodgepodge episode of Keeping Carlson coming your way. It's my very good friend, my co-host, and the fantasy hockey robot himself, Brian Com, is here in the room. Hello, Elon. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I hope everyone's enjoying the playoffs, which I think, and I really do think this to be true. Uh, and I'm not, I don't think there's a bias just because I've watched, I've watched more because it's been the best playoffs I think we've had in a really long time. And now we have Colorado and Tampa, which we would all have been so excited to see at the start of the playoffs. It's actually happening. You know, often there's a team that sort of squeaks through, goes hot, but isn't the most exciting team to watch. It doesn't play the most exciting style. I would say Tampa doesn't play the most exciting style the way they're getting by these days, but they are still fun to watch. They're going to be an amazing matchup for Colorado. I don't think I felt this excited and this like involved and into a Stanley Cup final for years now. This is really exciting. Okay, I'm going to throw it at you. What do you think is the last finals that was this good? In terms of, like, I really am excited about this finals also. I feel like Tampa versus Colorado, like, it's re- we were having debates on Discord, like, who's going to win? Like, one person was saying, Kyle was being like, do you think Colorado even has a chance? Because Tampa Bay is, like, you know, so, so you know, has so much experience, and they, they know how to win these games, these important games. And, you know, but it's like, Colorado's the favorite, according to Vegas odds. So it's, like, such an interesting thing. Like, their team looks so stacked. But it's like, oh, but Colorado doesn't have the goaltending that Tampa does. Can you really imagine a team winning the cup with, like, mediocre goal? goaltending and like i'm looking back at history and honestly tell me this is you know something you agree with or am i being too harsh but i think the last stanley cup finals that i was uh, this excited about is like maybe bruins canucks back in 2011 and that was because i was living in vancouver at the time and that did go to game seven and it was really exciting there actually hasn't been actually there was a game seven of bruins blues i guess bruins blues a couple years ago was pretty exciting also i really thought boston was gonna win that so okay i take it all back if there's no bruins in the finals then usually it's boring so uh, I'm, I'm excited for tampa colorado now yeah i think i would probably go back you know, I'm I'm seeing those teams that I was just saying, the ones that sort of, you know, get to the end without being the best, like a team that we would hope to see to get to the end. I would go back to 2011 too. Like Bruins Connects, there was so much intensity there. And aside from the Bruins Blues in 2019, uh, that's the only series to go seven in the last, well, I guess 11 years. And actually the one, the then I'd go to the one before that, if, if that didn't qualify, the Penguins Red Wings in 2009 was amazing. Like the two years of Penguins Red Wings finals, those were both really good. I think the second one was even better. So yeah, I I don't think it's not a given. So let's all enjoy and appreciate this moment where it's going to be the middle of June 
and we're not rolling our eyes and being like, hockey's still on, come on, which, oh, of course, I never am as the host of a fantasy hockey podcast. I'm into it hardcore all year long. But this year, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really pumped. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Obviously, we're not as invested as some, specifically those people who made it to the finals of the Keeping Carlson playoff pool. Uh, I got eliminated at the end of round two. I believe you did as well, right, Brian? We both didn't make it out of round two there. Yeah, yeah, we got, uh, we did okay. We won a round we and won a we're round. done. Better yeah, than uh, some teams. Better than the Leafs, yeah. I, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to go there. They've had enough, Elon. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's a thing. One day they'll get past the first round and it'll be very exciting. Uh, but yeah, so just today we started the new draft. So for those who aren't aware of the Keeping Carlson playoff pool, it's, uh, you know, every round you redraft a new team and like, you know, only the top people from the previous round advance moving forward. We actually did a live draft of round three, one of the divisions. Uh, Kevin ended up winning that division for those of you who are keeping track. Uh, I'm looking now at the finals and maybe we could go over one of the draft. One of the drafts actually already finished, which is kind of fun. Slayer's Fu Manchu versus uh, Mike's Filthy Animals. And they, they went fast. The other drafts have barely started. So I wonder if we could just talk through really quickly. And this could be also our good way of like recapping you know the last couple of series like or maybe before we get that like any general takeaways like i feel like all the players like you know we did a show at the end of round two kind of talking through everything that's been going on so far i kind of feel like there's not too many like new takeaways like colorado destroyed edmonton all the players who i expected to get points kind of did i guess one guy on colorado who's like interesting to talk about that i don't know if we have for a while is lekkonen arturi lekkonen you know he was on montreal i have a friend who's like a big habs fan i remember he used to always tell me how like lekkonen you know is good i think we even talked about it on the podcast every once in a while there were stretches where he was taking shots kind of looking interesting but it just didn't seem like you know he was getting a role which is kind of funny because you'd think like oh he can't get a role on montreal but he'll be able to get one on colorado usually you'd think it'd be the opposite because colorado's the stacked team but lekkonen has like been locked in playing on on good lines you know with ranton and burakovsky in that last game in game four and he's you know four points in four games in this round i'm sure he's going to go pretty high in the next round's draft i guess i could take a look actually so let's see here slayer fu manchu versus filthy animal and lekkonen went in round seven uh cory perry went ahead of him i don't know i think i would have taken lekkonen uh i don't know it's brian what do you think is he he, he's ufa right at the end of the year like it'll he'll be uh, going to yet another team and i feel like he's maybe if that's the case yeah it is then he's probably earned himself a nice little uh you know salary increase i think he's earned himself a raise with this uh, impressive playoffs yeah, well, in his sophomore season, Lekkonen sort of got on our radars. He played 66 games, had just 21 points, but he was taking two and a half shots per game and saw a nice bump in ice time. In fact, he, he played 16 and a half minutes in that sophomore season in 2017-18. Uh, Lekkonen has not averaged more ice time since then, which is part of the reason why I think we're still waiting to see what this guy can become because he's basically basically been playing third line minutes and on a team in Montreal that has never been terribly offensively inclined we've seen him get a couple turns with the scoring lines before and considered him uh, like a decent stream but really he hasn't had much opportunity to really break through and come out and as you described him Elon he sounded similar to Val Nachushkin who's had the same story right couldn't uh, couldn't emerge on any team and then gets to Colorado in a crowded depth chart and is lifted up. So either Colorado is doing something that brings the best out of these guys. I mean, the line mates definitely have some, something to do with this. Um, and in the postseason, it's not like Lekkonen is like totally lighting it up either, but I think he is, a leg- he, he is someone who has some potential. 
And if he gets in a top six role in a decent spot and they play him more than 15 and a half minutes a night, yeah, there's a chance. Like he's finding his way back on our radar. So that's one guy um, that's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Uh, one guy who is falling off my radar, Elon, is uh, Ryan Strom. He's had a really weak playoffs. Right, nine points in his 19 games this season seem to be rolling up and down the depth chart. Like Jared Gallant was like seemingly throwing him like in the line blender constantly. Uh, never from what I was getting out of what I saw from the New York Rangers beat writers, it was kind of a, a trust issue. Like wherever he was, the line wasn't succeeding, and so they tried to move him around, and it, it just wasn't working out. Meanwhile, you've got Philip Heedle, who stepped up big time with Lafreniere and Capo Caco as the kid line, uh, coming in strong, really displacing Strom from that top six. So he's somebody to me whose stock has fallen substantially. We always, you know, wondered exactly how much he could accomplish if he wasn't playing, you know, top line minutes with superstars, which is what his situation was in Colorado for so long. Uh, now I think he's what, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. So we'll see where he lands. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder what team is going to give him. I don't think giving him a 1C or even a, a 2C role as an opportunity is going to be a tricky one. I don't think he should be a terribly attractive free agent to many teams out there. And but um, someone will go for him and then we'll have the challenge of right. trying to figure out what his fantasy value will yeah. be. Yeah, well, I, I would just be really worried if he's not playing with Panarin or Zibanejad yeah. or, or anybody of that caliber. Like this season, he was largely and he still like he had a rough one, 54 points in 74 games. That was uh, his lowest uh, his lowest pace in the last few seasons. And yeah, I think his stock dropped a lot uh, with the rise of Hedl, Lafreniere, and Kako, except Capo Kako scratched for the last game. Gerard Glenn still hasn't explained why. I tried to dig up and see if anybody was like throwing a little little morsel or tidbit out there. And the only tidbit seems to be that maybe there's a tidbit, like maybe there's more to the story than Gallant thought Kako wasn't the best option. It was a very strange move and uh, pretty gutsy, I think, for Gerard yeah. Gallant to do in such a critical game to break up the line that might have been the Rangers' most consistent of the postseason. So... There you go. There's there's my takeaways from the Tampa Rangers crew. Yeah. No, yeah. Ryan Strom, definitely interesting. He'll be UFA. Rangers also have Cop, Vetrano. By the way, kudos to the Rangers, right? Made it farther than I think a lot of people expected them to. They also like went up to nothing. Uh, so it looked at one point like they were going to make it to the finals. But Tampa, they're a resilient team. They're very good. Uh, but yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see what the Rangers do next year. Like, are they going to bring any of these UFAs back? We did just see today, I believe, the news came out that they've signed Vitaly Kravtsov. So maybe he'll finally get a chance to crack this team after, you know, wanting to be there, just not being able able to so he he'll take one of those spots and yeah it'll see and it, it is interesting right Kako not playing in that final game I guess they wanted to move Barkley Goudreau up to, the lines were crazy in that last game right like different than they've been for a long time like they, they had Strom, Kopp and Panarin then so strange. Zibanejad, Vetrano and Lafreniere and then Kreider with Goudreau and Hedl normally Goudreau was like on the fourth line and then you know in that top nine there was room for Kako but I guess they wanted to keep I don't know Dryden Hunt Tyler Mott and Kevin Rooney. I mean, there's, whatever. there's no like, reason yeah. to throw Dryden Hunt in an elimination game. And to this point, I think I saw the Rangers were 5-0 and in elimination games. So what are you doing? Like, it was just such a strange decision to suddenly blend your lines when they've been so consistent all the way through and start trying new things and looking for new solutions. I mean, sure, the Rangers have lost three in a row, 
but they won two in a row with the with a lineup that was where anyway it, it seemed pretty baffling it seemed like what i would expect a coach about to be fired to do in like game 21 of the season but not in an elimination game in the conference finals yeah so uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see the fallout there. If anyone gets an answer from Gallant and then also, yeah, UFA. I'm excited for UFA. It's late this year, right? Like normally it's July 1st. This year it's like July 13th since everything was delayed. We're going to have to wait for so long, but uh, we'll be patient. That's actually my mom's birthday. I just realized. I have to remember. I'll be so excited and busy that day. I'll have to still remember to uh, message my mom or call her. I should call her, right? Not just message. Come on, Elon, get your shit together, of course. You, you, you gotta, gotta call, call on All right, birthday. gotta call your mom. Yeah. yeah. By the way, also congrats to uh, Ace aces squad uh, anthony deeks of hazard and then red baron kevin who was on that last show and then king iggy uh ricky uh oh and slayer fu manchu is hollis so yeah those are the six finalists the way it's gonna work is they're in head-to-head matchups and but then it's gonna be whoever has the most points in each of those head-to-head matchups is gonna be the ultimate kkpp champion and dethrone nick de stefano who was the uh winner last year uh, and i was the winner of the year before that just uh, just for completion's sake but okay brian so i guess that's playoffs talk unless there's do we have anything else i kind of just feel like i want us to I, I feel like we have to give more like we're a fantasy podcast and there's hockey happening and like part of me is like we need to talk about do we need to talk about uh camper versus francois and who the who colorado we'll find out soon who they go with do you have a gut feel i feel like i would go with francois you gotta just stick with the goalie that's been winning you games right he like won all the ga- like not that like he was so amazing but he was the goalie playing in the last series and they won those games so if i'm the coach I'm playing Francois at least in game one and then, you know, maybe swap to Camper if they lose game one. But maybe that's too basic. I mean, by virtue of the same argument, then if the Penguins won game seven, or I guess uh, they put interest in Jari, but they put interest in Jari even though they got that far with Louis Domingue. I don't know. I don't but think they hadn't won, But they hadn't won four in a row, like, you know, with Domingue. Like, if they had yeah. with the Smith, I think it's different. Or Domingue, whatever. Yeah. Is yes, Demang a free agent now? Is he going to be in the league still? There's um, some goalies last year. Remember he Berube? Be in the league. Berube got in some games. Jeff Ruby. Yeah, he had some good he had, and he had some good games this year too, and some bad ones. I don't know. Um, you know, Francis has not been lights out. Six. He has uh, four starts, and half of those have been quality. Half <laughs> of them have not been. Nine oh six save percentage. Of course, like you can't go too deep here. Hey, yeah, that's like context. There were like eight the- six games. Like they were crazy games, right? Sure because he let in a lot of goals but like yeah uh i would say if the avalanche entered the playoffs with two healthy goalies and they decided that with those two healthy goalies they wanted darcy kemper to be their guy then i would imagine that if darcy kemper is a hundred percent then they'll go back to him i don't see why they wouldn't uh 60 quality starts for what it's worth but an 897 save percentage in 10 starts so far so six quality four not fair it's enough. been uh i mean elon you actually like I, on the discord we mm-hmm. were I, I can't remember what the discussion was or where it <laughs> i came can't tell from. if you're about to like compliment me or call me out on something so we'll um, see well here. i'm gonna call you out on something oh no but i don't i it's not a huge call out i'm just curious because i mentioned that you know the abs weakness is their goaltending mm-hmm. and it seemed like you took exception well, to that i see what you're talking about yeah I would say, like, you could call it, like, weak. Like, I think their goaltending is, like, 
mediocre. I said it's you, their. I said it's their weakness. It's their weakness, right? So maybe it depends. Maybe like semantics here, right? Like I think like if you look at the whole NHL, I wouldn't like call like you know Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz like a weak goalie tandem, like not like a tandem you should like be comfortable with. But obviously, when you're going against like a Vasilevsky or a Shostyorkin, which is what we were discussing, like it just looks like such a lopsided goalie battle. So yeah, I just didn't want like because you know there's some teams with like really weak goaltending, but I guess if you're saying it's their weakness, I guess if we have to pick one weakness it's not their forwards and it's not their defense yeah, so yeah there's no it. other option yeah it's the, it's their flaw right like that's their achilles heel if colorado's getting beat i think it's because of their goaltending we chatted about this on the last show too uh, i mean they've survived just fine i guess my question going into the finals is you know they've they've literally lost one game in regulation they've lost two games total one of them was in overtime to st louis the rest they won in regulation and they lost once to uh St. St. Louis, Louis yeah. St. Louis, and yeah. Um, so they face Nashville, St. Louis, and Edmonton. Are any of those teams a reasonable like preview for Tampa? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Are they are they uh, close enough te- close enough to Tampa that they could be considered a legit test? Or has Colorado not really been tested enough yet yeah. to have so much confidence that they'll they're going to keep rolling over Tampa? Yeah, I think that St. Louis with Bennington, the way he was playing, was like a pretty good test, right? And then he got injured, and then Huso came in and didn't do so well. And then I think Colorado really feasted and like took care of St. Louis pretty easily after that. But I think that, I think St. Louis is a good team. Like, I think if St. Louis had, you know, snuck by Colorado and was playing Tampa in the finals, we, w- we wouldn't be saying, like, oh, Tampa for sure. Like, no question. Like, I think St. Louis is a really strong team if, you know, they're fully healthy. And when one of their, like, it's kind of like Colorado, right? Like, sometimes their goalies are on their game and sometimes they're not. And Bennington was looking really sharp. We talked about it. Like, I think after the first round, we were talking about, like, how amazing Bennington had been. And I was asking you, like, are you, like, now ready to draft Bennington, like, high next year? And you're like, well, I haven't seen enough. And then, unfortunately, he got injured. So we weren't able to kind of see the rest of his story in that playoff round. Round. But yeah, anyways, to answer your question, I feel like St. Louis was a good test for them and they got through them. And yeah, maybe Tampa's a little like the thing with Tampa is they have the intangible. And this is again like not fantasy talk. And this is like maybe me being like, same with me saying like I would stick with the goalie that's won four games in a row. And maybe people would say like, Elon, come on, you're supposed to be a little more analytical than that. Is it, you're a couple champ and this is how you're talking. But like, I would just say that like Tampa has this thing where they've won two cups in a row. Like, there's something about winning in this, like, stressful time. Like, these are humans, right? You have to be, like, resilient. You have to be able to, like, push forward through, like, the stress and maybe some injuries, whatever. Like, Tampa, like, clearly has it, you know? (laughs) Whatever Florida didn't have, Tampa has. And Colorado, you know, we'll see what... I I think it's going to be a good series. Like, I think that there's no... So maybe long, short answer to your question is no, they haven't been tested like they will be against Tampa just because Tampa is a team that's, like, is knows how to win, just keeps doing it. I think that's a good assessment. Like, I agree. I'm also supposed to be the fantasy hockey robot. But there's, I think there's definitely been this extra piece that Tampa has had in their playoff victories. I I mean, I don't know what happened in the Florida series other than Florida's power play crumbling. And like, I don't know if any of Tampa's experience really helped there or if it was Florida just falling apart. But against Toronto, it did seem like they had this extra gear. And same against the Rangers. It's like they could, they had this extra, like, sort of resilience or persistence and this sort of mode they switch on where they know exactly how to play in these super tight, high stakes games uh, to, to increase their chances and put them on top. 
And I feel like that is something gained from be- having played in so many of these high stakes games before. I think they probably do have a better sense of what risks to take and what mistakes to try and avoid. And I think that's gotten them this far. So yeah. we'll see. Like, I think there's, I don't think there's much debate. I think Colorado is the more talented team, but you've got Tampa's experience, plus still some bona fide stars, plus the return of point, potentially, plus Vasilevsky. And really, it's anyone's series for for all those reasons. Yeah, definitely. Like Vasilevsky just is like out of this world sometimes. And he'll just like, if he's up to his, you know, best game, then, you know, Colorado won't be able to score. But again, of all the teams, I have the most faith in Colorado being able to solve him. Yeah. How hard is it going to be the next 10 years for any NHL team to beat Igor Shostyorkin in a playoff series? It's going to be impossible. It's going to be like having had to face Patrick Waugh or Dominic Hasek or the Devils Wait, are you talking about with Martin Brodeur. Shostyorkin or Vasilevsky? No, I'm just... talking about Shostyorkin. I, I switched gears because oh, okay. the last round was kind of like about Shostyorkin versus Vasilevsky. So you're saying Vasilevsky this is like, still... this is maybe Shostyorkin's last loss for a while in the playoffs? I mean, it just, it just seems <laughs> yeah, he's good. like, yeah, he's, he's going to be, you know, I remember as a Sens fan in the early 2000s, it's like, oh God, we're against Hasek. Oh God, we're against Brodeur. And it's just like, it's, it's almost over before it starts. And I just feel like that's the vibe that Igor Shostyorkin's going to give off for the next 10 years. Well, like I wouldn't want to be yeah. in that Metro division. <laughs> like we said, like Rangers have a lot of moves to make this summer. So hopefully they'll build a strong team around him for Ben's sake. Poor Ben, big Rangers fan. But he said he's cool. So he's, he's feeling okay. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, here, one quick thing before we get to the next topic. I'm looking at the results of our drafts going on right now. And actually the player who I would have taken first it, for this round against it, points only for KKPP didn't get taken first in any of the drafts. I'm curious, Brian, who would you take first if you had first overall pick for this round in our pool where, again, it's uh, points only and you know the, the roster settings. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah, well, you have to pick a couple D, but there's no extra points for defensemen, so I wouldn't go D first overall unless you're saying you would take Makar first. Yeah, I, I would. would. Take, okay, yeah, I'd take McKinnon first, but Makar would, would be really close. I took Makar in the first round in my round two draft, and it didn't work out for me, so maybe that's why I'm... Uh, it's a recency bias. I've, right. I've been recently burned by a first round Makar, but I think you could definitely justify it, especially because how many D total are going to be taken in the division? Four. Yeah. So you've got Makar. You got Hedman. Hedman. And then Devontae's. like I guess it's a crapshoot between Devontae's yeah, the and then Byram, probably. James Gerard, Byram. Uh, so I just think, so by the way, we should give the credit here. Like Makar has 22 points in 14 games. He had four points that last game. Uh, McKinnon has 18. So if you just look at the total points so far and in just the last round, Makar had nine points. It was an insane series, but McKinnon was there too. And he had, uh, a pathetic, a paltry five points only in four games versus the Oilers. Makar almost doubled him. So I don't know, with the value over replacement and the fact that Makar seems like a decent bet to just beat him straight up. To me, it's the obvious pick, but uh, I'm not in the finals and these six are, so they must know better than me. So we'll see how that turns out. Brian, okay, next up, what I wanted to talk about before we get... Oh, yeah, so the main... Did I even say, like, what, what we're doing? I think I said at some point. We've got a really fun main event for this episode, which is that Brian has collected a bunch of fun commish stories. And we're going to talk about being a league commissioner and some of the challenges that you face. Uh, and we're going to talk about some that we faced in the couple and, like, some stories that people have shared with us. We're just going to lament and maybe also share advice on what it's like to be the commissioner of a fantasy league when things aren't going smoothly. So that's the main event. Uh, did I mention also that we're presented by Dover Hockey Dog? 
Frozentools.com. I don't think I did. It's a very good website. Check it out. I'm using Frozen Tools right now to tell you that Makar had nine points in four games. That's that's where I got that info. So uh, Frozen Tools and Dauber Hockey, very awesome. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Brian, is we've started our fun annual tradition of ranking players on our Discord. Every single day we do a vote of who we think should be ranked next, and we use Cupful Scoring. And if you make a vote and that player doesn't get voted on, then you just get to, your vote carries over to the next round. So it's a really fun thing. Dave Benton invented this like seven, eight years ago, back when we had a Facebook group. Uh, this year, I started it. Really thankful to Andrea, who has, is one of our awesome patrons, and she's like taken over as a volunteer to run this thing. So Andrea's been doing an amazing job these last few days. And Brian, it's pretty wild to see the results so far. Uh, I think next year's drafts are going to be really wild. Like we're, we just finished uh, vote seven yesterday, and it started off pretty basic, right? McDavid one, Matthews two, Drysidel three. I think I voted McKinnon, but whatever. You could that's like a coin flip. McKinnon four. Then Makar went five, which was kind of like wow, like that's a big change. Like he was like nineteen last year, and he went five this year. But you know, not too surprising, especially with the playoffs that he's having. I wasn't like blown away by that. Kucherov six then all of a sudden now all the votes for number seven were like players that we haven't seen drafted in the first round like ever like you know huberdo was getting votes uh but the the winner was kirill kaprizov over so this is over like ovi barkov like rantanen i'll name some more pasternak patrick kane brad marchand vasilevsky panarin barkov marner makar like those are all the guys who went in the top 14 in our ADP from last season in the Cupful. Yeah. And who Kaprizov has just vaulted, according to our patrons. And like, for good reason, right? Because if you look at last year's stats, he ranked fourth in total Cupful points. So we give, you know, a lot of points for goals over assists. It's like four and a half for a goal and three for an assist. We also give a decent number of points for shots. Kaprizov had 289 shots. He even threw some hits and blocks. But like his 47 goals obviously made him rank really high. The only players in the league who scored more goals than him were Matthews with 60, Dreisaitl with 55, then Kreider who had 52, but like many fewer assists. Then Ovi had 50 goals and then Kaprizov 47. But like Ovi's 50 goals were with 40 assists which yeah is a pretty darn good season 90 point season for Ovi Kaprizov had 47 goals and 61 assists so he broke 100 points plus he had all these shots so it's like if you look at last year's stats yeah that's a reasonable pick to put Kaprizov there it's just like hard to wrap my head around I'm like an old man like I think I voted Ovi for that pick and then everyone's probably thinking like all right Elon can you like wake up it's not 2011 anymore it's not like season one of Keevan Carlson why are you still voting Ovi over Kirill Kaprizov who clearly is going to get a lot more assists and a similar number of goals do you think I like you know like living in the past a little bit or do you think it's the it's the kids who are wrong (laughs) <laughs> I think it, it's like it's gotten really flat right after those first uh, six guys, right? Um, who are, I should just clarify while I'm saying them. So you've got <laughs> Matt, McDavid, McDavid, Matthews, Drysidel, McKinnon, Makar, and Kucherov. Um, Makar has joined that group this season. I think it really does level out to a bunch of guys who don't have the same upside as those players. Like, could have a crazy successful season. But really, at that point, and looking at last year's players who were taken after that group, like Pasternak, Rantanen, Patrick Kane, Brad Marchand, Ovechkin, Panarin, you are looking for the best bet for 100 points, right? Like you're looking for somebody who you can count on that you're not going to have to worry about week to week that you can just plug in and they'll pace for 100 points and you're good. Uh, And I think Kaprizov is 
is about as good a bet as anyone, especially with Pasternak. Like, Pasternak would have been the guy, but the way the Bruins split their lines this past season, which still worked for Pasternak at times, but I don't think it worked quite as well as well, and also, to look yeah. up the top line. And we don't even know what the future of Bergeron is in Boston, and there's a new coach. So, like, there's a lot up in the air there. And if I may interrupt, also Marchand is injured for like a, lo- a big chunk of the start of the season. So yeah, you could say like, we well, yeah, have Pasta will just stay on the same line. He'll play with Hall and, and Howla, even if Bergeron and Marchand are gone. But it, there's a big difference being able to be the second line as opposed to, you know, making the other teams defend against the- Bergeron and, and Marchand first. Yeah. And that's a loss on the power play as well. Right. Like of course. From, from that top unit. So Pasternak isn't there anymore. I, I think I'd go... Like, I think Rantanen would be the one that I would be as confident in. Like, I I guess I'll put Rantanen and Panarin and maybe Marner up there as guys that I think are about as dependable for 100 points as Kaprizov. That's uh, that's where I'm at. It it is really interesting. It's fun to see a brand new name up there. It's not like brand new names aren't allowed. Like, it's just like, hey, this is how it happens. You just, boom, appear. Well, yeah, and also it's really fun now. Like, the current votes for vote aid, it's looking like... It could be like Ovi or Barkov or Huberdo, and like it's also fun. Like Bar- I always used to think for- of it as I like I forgot Barkov and Huberdo. I should <laughs> add them to that last list. Yeah, and like to me, it's like I've always kind of felt like Barkov is ahead of Huberdo, but obviously after this last season where Huberdo outpointed him, I still feel like I'd go Barkov. Like I just it's just a hunch. I don't know, but maybe that's me too. Dumb. Yeah, no, I would also. Well, we could both be dumb, <laughs> potentially. It's hard to say. It's going to be interesting. Like, dra- like, like Obviously, we're going to wait to the offseason. We're going to go through UFA, and then we're going to start talking about planning for our drafts next year. And I think that I'm just going to really have to think about like if I have to change my strategy just because there's like the number... Because like, I'm doing an auction draft, right? There's like so many like star players. But like I don't know. Like, Do I spend... Is this like a, the fact that, that sort of it's becoming more flat at the top, is that a sign that I should really spend big and get like a McDavid or a Matthews? Or does it mean like save my money and I'm probably going to get like a Rantanen or whatever for even cheaper because there's like going to be... So, but then everyone's going to have one of these guys. So yeah, it's just... The, I guess that's what happens also when you're in a league where like there's higher scoring than ever before. Inflation in uh, points uh, to make a topical reference. So... Uh, yeah, I guess. It, I don't know. We're going to have to definitely like really take some time and research like the projections and start, try to see if, like, if we need to like adapt our draft strategies. But we'll get to that, obviously, in the offseason. But uh, okay, so Brian, with that, I think we could get to the main event, like I said, of this episode of Keeping Carlson. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to all of that fun commish stuff. So yeah, we'll be back in a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. Welcome back, everybody, to Keeping Carlson. We are on part two of this episode, the HodgePodge episode, which I guess you've seen the name. Brian, do you have a plan for the name of the episode already? Or are you going to like message me at like 11 p.m. with like a million choices and telling me you don't like any of them? I have no idea. Well, now that we went for like 40 minutes on stuff that wasn't the main chunk, it might be confusing to name well, the episode after this next portion. Well, I mean, you know, it's like uh, you could either do a boring... That's the thing I've always wondered. Like, should we do like a boring name that just describes the episode? Like, the episode could be called Keeping Carlson Number 418... We'd run out of so fast. Dash, Playoff Talk, comma, Rankings, comma, Commission okay. stuff. But that could be the name. Like, but maybe that's too boring. And if you want to do a song reference, then I guess it gets yeah. harder. Is there a song with the word commish in it? Or like running a league or something, a word like that. I guess people in the chat here could let us know. Well, there's come- running, running down a league, like the is Tom Petty song, you know, or it's running down a dream. So you'll call running it running down, down a league. Well, this, yeah, this is like I don't know. It's like wrecking because like league. a bad commission decision could run down your league. Yeah, 
All right, there we go. Episode title just set. came to mind. You'll see it in your. Maybe so you I'll already call know it this. Squishy commish. No, I th- I like the other one. Why squishy commish? What's squishy? What? Why? It just rhymes. Squish your commish. No. Ugh. If they're a good commish, you just squish them nice. And if they're a bad commish, squish them. Squish them nice. Is that a saying? What do you like, mean, like hug a, them? It's a hug. Yeah. <laughs> like, so did you tell that to your daughter? Like, squish them nice. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> or squish them bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's actually how i tell her to that could be a segment of her we should do a segment of the podcast like during <laughs> the season nice when we're talking about bad when we're talking about like potential free agents and whether people should add them like so brian frank vetrano five goals in the last 10 games should we squish him nice or should we squish him bad <laughs> You're like, well elon i think it's gonna be a squish him nice for me because he's actually looking really good right now under the hood <laughs> You know, we've been down this path with another term, which I dare not repeat because of how mad it made you at the time that it oh, was. Oh, yeah, don't say that. I was giving it legs. Yeah, it was, a, it was too yeah. sexual we'll, in we'll nature. We'll have to talk if it's worth a squish. Worth a squish? Please don't. Okay. All right, let's get to it. So uh, this is the point of the episode where I get to do my favorite thing, which is Brian presents things to me, and then I just get to comment on them. Uh, so, Brian, why don't you take it away? Tell us what exercise you engaged in behind my back and uh, what your results were. Okay. Well, inspired by the recent drama that captivated all fantasy sports, like I feel like this is the most united all fantasy sports followers have been since the the, the series The League, where everyone could watch and relate to their home leagues. Um, we had two baseball players, Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham, get in this imbroglio where Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson like un anticipated sudden out of the blue and when reporters asked jock peterson after the end of the game uh like what what happened he explained it was over a fantasy league thing and like it the story's gotten a lot of coverage since and like jock peterson even shared a gif uh, excuse me a gif that was in the group chat that tommy made fun of tommy fam's team that he didn't like and it made things worse but basically the essence of the problem with jock peterson and tommy fam was jock peterson put a player who was not IR eligible, but was IR plus eligible on whatever, you know, on IR, I think, which was available to him. I but, think this might have been uh, ESPN, where yeah. they have this like, O status. It's different. Like, we're yes. so used to Yahoo IR and IR plus. And on ESPN, they just give you IR or O. And I think he wasn't happy that he put, yeah, the O player right. in an IR spot. Yeah. And so, and so, and Tommy Pham's like the, re- the rebuttal to this jock peterson's like i just did it like i could and apparently there were rules in this league which had some high stakes that said you couldn't like you could only put a player in ir if they're designated ir any other player you're not allowed even though the platform allowed it you weren't supposed to and that's where tommy fam (laughs) got really mad at jock peterson and i guess this gif also said the gif was funny you can go ahead and search it up um but this is this is why elon and our Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, the Kakupful, KKUPFL.com. Uh, you can, uh, or we have like one of our key rules, which you can read there, is in the event of an agreement between, or a disagreement between the league rules and what Yahoo, the platform, decides, Yahoo, the platform, takes uh, precedence or priority. Like we're not going to go above and break a rule that Yahoo implements for this very reason. 
Well, yeah. I guess to be fair, like the Cupful is a league with like, you know, it's actually like made up of like 20 plus leagues, the 400 plus people. So it would be really hard for us to enforce a rule. Like if you're in like a league with just your friends, 12 people, it's pretty easy. If you want to make a rule that like isn't supported by the platform, but you just want to like enforce it amongst yourselves. Like, that's, like, more reasonable, I think. Like, I think for a couple, we have that other reason that just it would be impossible. Like, I don't want to be, like, every night, like, checking every team and making sure they have the IR set up properly. Also, I'm being corrected here in the chat that Norm is saying that uh, in Yahoo, it's not called IR+. Plus. So maybe it was Yahoo, and I'm just not aware. I'm just thinking of ESPN no, versus Yahoo e- and Hockey. it was ESPN. Ah, this is okay. one of the details that came out. Yeah. I see. So but okay, was, like, this yeah. long... Like, it really got very intense, and I think more for one than the other, which is why it came... <laughs> To a slap, but this got us thinking. It got me thinking. Uh, like, what other slap-worthy incidents have happened in your fantasy leagues? And like, what have been the most uh, controversial commish situations where you know managers are trying to compete against each other to win? But inevitably, like we've all heard stories about how someone wrecks a league or a commish makes a bad decision. So we invited yours, but. We also have our own to share from being the commissioners of the Cupful, which, if you haven't heard, it's the biggest and greatest fantasy hockey league in the world. Like, we, we've been around. We've had our share of interesting incidents, including four from this year that I think were, like, about as emotionally charged as the Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham scenario. So, Elon, I'm going to present them to the audience as as we share them, I'd love like this is an open dialogue. We'd love to get your feedback on Twitter as we go about as we go. Like, uh, well, like as you listen, let okay, us yeah. know. Like I, I would love more conversation because Elon, you and I try and make the calls here, but this is a league of almost five hundred people across the world, and like we we don't want to be heavy handed commissioners, but sometimes we have to make a judgment call. So I collected, I gathered our four most difficult judgment calls of this season. And I also collected some funny stories from some of our listeners on Twitter and our patrons on Discord. So I think I'm going to start, Elon, with our cupful challenges. And I'll save the, uh, I think the, the funnier ones are the listener suggestions, but the more challenging, like, complicated ones are the cupful ones. Yeah. I mean, they're not funny when you have to deal with it. They're funny right. when it's other people's <laughs> they're funny stories. To us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, um, the cupful that you're talking about, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, with like all these people that you're saying is like the best league in the world, but like you have to like meet some special criteria in order to join that league, right? It's not like anyone could just join the cupful, right? Is this a joke? It's an infomercial. Come on, roll with oh, it. Anyone can join the Kickupful. <laughs> All you need to do is be a patron. In fact, I'm going to test this out right now. If you go to kkupfl.com, there's a yellow banner at the top where you can sign up. The first thing you have to do is uh, there's a Google form you fill out, and then you sign up as a patron, and then you're good. And as a patron, you could be a patron for a buck a month. And so you can pre-register for our eighth season of the Kickupful now. Uh, and hang out in our Discord, which is quieter in the summer months, but around Not draft since we're time voting. And Not since we're agency. voting. Yeah, Every be part day. of the patron rankings. I mean, I actually like it. I think we can have, like, when things slow down, we can have some, like, really high-quality conversations. We have, we have all, it's a great server. Come check it out for free, basically. A buck a month. Get your name in for the cupful. If you don't like it, then you just won't follow through. And that's cool. But why not? KKUPFL.com. You can sign up today. 
Yeah. Once, yes. uh, to be clear, though, like to actually play in the like, couple, you have to be a patron in good standing during the regular season where it's more than a buck a month. It's five bucks a month, but totally worth it, I oh, think, yeah. because we, we do a lot for our patrons. Also, these shows, you're, when you're a patron, you're also supporting our show. Anyways, okay. Sorry. Just wanted to throw that in. Now we won't, you, we're saving you, the listener, from hearing us blab about being a patron at the end, okay? All right. It, we won't say it then. We'll, we're, we did it now. There it is. I think okay. it's actually more convenient for the listener to hear it at the end when there's nothing else coming. But thank you for sitting through and hopefully you'll consider joining us and supporting what we do. Okay. <laughs> and thanks to the current ones. Okay, go. So <laughs> let me set the stage here. Uh, this is going back to the fall of 2021. All right. Our first, uh, like, you know, excitement is in the air for the new fantasy season. It looks like we're back on track for a normal season dealing with COVID, but fans are in the stands, whatever feels that things are, things are feeling good. Training camps winding down. Exhibition games are starting up. A couple slow drafts are kicking off for the season, you know, and Elon, you and I were always ready for hitches. Like we've been accustomed to so many things happening through, you know, our seven years now of running the league and especially on draft day, like it's not going to go smoothly. Sometimes a person accidentally auto drafts, uh, someone doesn't show up, someone misclicks on their pick, uh, nothing crazy happens, but you know, it's all solvable, but we're ready because something is going to happen at some point during the draft and we're ready to fix it. So this year, when we saw a, a new cookupful manager pick, uh, have the ninth overall pick and use it on Taylor Hall, we thought maybe it was an accident, right? Like going into the season, Taylor Hall was ranked 91st in our annual patron offseason rankings. He had dropped 53 spots from the year before. So even the year before when he was hired, he was like four, in the 40s. Uh, this year, he's in the 90s, and yet he's going ninth overall. So, Elon, we heard this happened. Uh, we were like, whoa, hey, hold on. We're not sure what's going on. We paused the draft before things got too far ahead, and like it would be harder to correct the further the draft goes while we're trying to figure out what happened. So we got in touch with the manager. Very nice guy, by the way. He, he, took, he took Taylor Hall ninth overall, and we asked him if it was a mistake, and sure enough, the answer was no. It wasn't a mistake. And they went on like and shared a bit of their strategy. They're like, hey, I have this really, really good feeling about Taylor Hall this year. And this is in my draft playbook. Like this was intentional. I went in with this plan. And soon I'm also going to start drafting a bunch of rookies. Like I'm really excited. Like I think I've got a solid plan. And so we had a chat because look, I mean, we want everyone to do what they want. Like be in the cupful, play the way you want. But if you do something that's so unexpected and so off, like if you draft Taylor Hall ninth overall, um, that throws like a ton of the league kind of out of order, right? It throws things off. Not only does it benefit every team that drafts after Hall, but let's say the Taylor Hall, like you drafted Taylor Hall ninth overall, the rest of your team is bad. As a result, you're more likely to bail and neglect your team. And then it's easy wins for teams that are playing you while you've, after you've bailed. Like we want everyone competitive, um, and we want to be able to say this is the best league in the world. And we wanted to read that way for everyone. Like we're thinking of other new managers. We're seeing Taylor Hall go in the ninth. Like, hey, they promised us the best league in the world. So, um, you know, we had to chat with the manager about the strategy behind it and how if they really want Taylor Hall, they could probably like you could get Taylor Hall. Like you can, you can uh, probably take him in a few rounds from now, and now, like, go get Patrick Kane, Brad Marchand, uh, Ovechkin, Vasilevsky, Panarin. These guys were all going around ninth overall. Still get Taylor Hall later. And Taylor Hall's ADP, by the way, ended up being 87th. He went no sooner than 61st, and as late as 120th. But the manager, like, was like, no, I've got a plan. 
So like we offered them the chance to reverse the pick and like explain why we think it would be best. But they were like, no, I, I have this plan. Um, and we had a decision to make about whether or not we were going to forcefully <laughs> change the pick and uh, like to have things look properly balanced and competitive or to let it go and, and see what happens. Um, and so we actually decided the, 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 the end of the story goes, uh, we said like, look, we actually, we need you to take back the pick, um, or like, we're going to have to get someone else in as a manager. And it's, uh, that's what ended up happening. Like, I felt really bad about it. It was actually like, there was a very like, uh, heart wrenching DM after like, I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. And we offered them like a co-manager, like, hey, maybe you want someone to jump on your team and co-manage with you, see how the cupful works, or you could you could co-manage another team and like get a sense of how things work. But at the end of the day, like they wanted Taylor Hall at nine. We wouldn't allow it. And they were pretty unhappy with our decision to not let that happen. So like the manager ended up leaving the league, uh and they were having fun. We stopped them from having fun. Elon, like, are we heartless animals? to have stopped Taylor Hall being drafted ninth overall by like the biggest Taylor Hall fan in the world. Like, look, like that was really uh, an uncomfortable and unfortunate kind of situation. And I know most people listening are going to say, why did you just let the pick go? Like, I think the context that's really hard to understand unless you're like running a league like this is we've had a lot of people bail, right? That's like a big problem. Like generally like a team, if you're doing badly and you're like, oh, in five, oh, so these are the teams that are most likely to bail. Like, yeah, we could find a replacement manager and we try our best to do that. So there's not actually inactive teams. It's like probably the most work of running the couple is dealing with inactive teams like you know and you can't just sort of replace someone right you have to message them be like hey i noticed you haven't been active lately do you still want to play and then sometimes they don't respond and so then you have to like i don't know you can't just like you have to wait that it's like a whole annoying like process right and so it's better to just not have inactive teams in the first place and but then in this case this would have been an inactive team that then like maybe not right but i assume this person would have lost every matchup uh who knows who we would have taken in the next round like sergachev or something or maybe more like a superstar from 2011 maybe he would have taken like uh he was phil, looking at rookies phil kessel. pretty soon okay yeah. i think so we would have gone cider then kessel well cider would have been a good pick but anyway yeah yeah uh anyhow uh, yeah, so then the problem is, yeah, then we would, like, let's say this person, his team is terrible, they go inactive, and then next thing you know, we try to find a replacement, we're like, hey, do you want to take over this team? And the replacement's like, I don't want to take over this team, like, there's no good, who was the first round pick? Who was the second round pick? And I was like, yeah, you don't have any good players, sorry, you, you have all uh, replacement level players. So, yeah, we just wanted the person to, like... Yeah, because like, Brian, I think what you said nailed it on the head and it was uncomfortable. And I, I, I think for like people's like personal leagues, like fine, if you want to have like the, uh, <laughs> you, you brought up the league. What was the name? Oh, the, not the Ruxin. Who's the guy in the league who like is like was terrible every season? Taco. The taco. Yeah, it's fun to have a taco, but I feel like the taco, like taco in the league, like doesn't ever quit. Like he's still there just losing all the time and having a good time regardless. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted, uh, so yeah, this was a tough call for sure. Also, there were like other signs. Like, I don't, I don't know like how much you want to get into. I, I had like other signs that gave me the impression that this person didn't really, uh, like was new to fantasy and new right. to like using these Which platforms. Is okay. Yeah, like, it's just totally but fine. we want that. Like a lot of people in tier seven, like are playing for the first time and like we bill it as like it's for everyone. And so like the attempted solution was to work with a co-manager, like to watch and like to watch and learn or have someone guide you through the draft, like to help you understand. 
I just yeah, like yeah, we I, tried. I, I'll tell like you this. We were, I'm yeah. I'm happy with the with the solution. Like I'm happy that we didn't let it go through. I know that like yeah, it feels kind of bad. I'm sure people will say that like, come on, you're over over managing or whatever but like i'm happy that we did it like the division ended up going smoothly like we didn't have you know you know i just feel like whatever the replacement ended up you know drafting a more standard team and then the season i think went a lot more smoothly so i'm okay with it but i think that's also a very like a cupful specific thing i think if it was like my friend league i would never yeah. you know like force them to redraft it but like, good like give me your money that's great yeah there was like pressure on like on because we're trying to deliver on what an experience the to like experience the, yeah. will be to everyone and this was unfortunately you know we don't want to sacrifice anyone at that altar but like it's 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 what yeah. we promise also, you will deliver can i say like sort of a general goal overall for the cupful for me is i want all the managers to like not everyone's going to be good you know some people are going to be better and worse and some people are going to make better decisions and worse decisions but i want everyone's decision making to be like optimal you know like trying to think in terms of like what's the best thing i can do to win and like so for example when brian when you told him that like if you want taylor hall we're not saying not to take him but why don't you take like you said like brad marchand right now and then take hall in a couple rounds like we i'm very confident you're gonna get him and then he said no anyways it's kind of like well now is this person really like you know like those are the things and we'll get to that with like other situations that come up like i just i want to get that feeling for all the competitors that everyone's like playing to do the best they can and like that just feels to me like this was like a principal thing for this person where even though they could have had hall and also gotten like a superstar and they said no that just like it was a red flag to me that this wasn't gonna be someone that was gonna like properly manage the team but anyways they if this really wanted, listening i hope they did they're gonna be like what the hell they, <laughs> so. they were new they really wanted to try out the strategy and like our my advice to them at the time was like try this out in a public league like go join a, join a public league see how it works for you but like it's not and we don't want to script anybody's draft yeah. like free will is allowed but there was just no conceivable way that taylor hall was gonna be worth that for and like we talked about dropping him for the first three months of the season yeah, he actually ended up he okay. was amazing he was uh, amazing towards the end like he he had a really good run but there was no chance you're making right. it well even when you say he was amazing he never like he didn't have a quarter where he was over a point per game like he did come he did like pace for around 65 70 points by the end he ended the season with uh 62 or 61 points uh there was he was pacing for closer to 70 but like even that even if he did that all season that still is not a first round guy that's like maybe a, a third or fourth round guy especially yeah. with the so, way scoring was in the NHL Anyways, Brian, I want to move on. This one's like yeah. this one's and like if a sad listening, one. You could, come, come on back. Like we're, we're, we, you're still welcome. I, but I think they blocked me on Discord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because you like, did a whole thing. You were like, I felt messaging. bad. I wanted to. Okay. But can All I right, give a general? Can... This is like not being a commission. Oh, no. This is my opinion. I want to know get people's opinions. Like when someone's like mad at you. Is it better to like message and like apologize and try to explain yourself and keep like being like, no, you don't understand. I just want you to understand where I'm coming from. I don't want you to be mad or. I feel like for me, I find like when someone's like mad about something like that, like I think it's best to just like give that person space. But I guess there's like different, you know, I don't know. That's like a life, a life. Thing. We should do a separate podcast, Brian. Like sort of like people could ask us their like relationship questions. That's a terrible like, idea. I think it would be I mean, fun. For, yeah. I mean, like listen to us and do the opposite might be the best. Well, the problem is, well, we'll disagree. So then it's basically you have to decide if you're team yeah. Elon or team Brian. Yeah, team opposite Elon or team opposite Brian. Okay, well, let's next. go to this next one, which Elon, you actually could not, participate in the decision-making process for this uh, cupful controversy because uh, you were playing in this league where we had to make a commission decision. Uh, so like we're, here's the setup. It was a trade deadline time in uh, an extremely competitive league. Some might say the, the most competitive league in the world. Why aren't uh, you it, saying which one? It, it rhymes with the bleeding beer bun. What? I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't want to out any. Okay, it was tier tier one Sweden. Yeah, you have to say his name. This is the top <laughs> tier of the cupful. 
All right. So we're seeing the best fantasy players in the world duke it out for the title of ultimate champion, which Elon, you won. Congratulations. Uh, so Elon's competing in this league. And there's a really great manager who's in last place. Uh, he's been mathematically eliminated for a while. And a few days ahead of the trade deadline, he sends out a message to the whole division, like on our Discord, each there's a group chat for each division, sends out a message to that division saying, hey, all my players are for sale to the highest bidder. Everyone's going. Send me the best deal you have for one of my players by the deadline. I'm going to choose the most competitive one. So this changes a lot, right? This being Sweden, by the way, tier one Sweden, no one complains. Like zero people complain. I think a lot of people quietly raise an eyebrow, but complaining would take away time from everybody being like, okay, like I'm going to start putting in my bids. No one, but it looks weird. Like, and to be this- clear, to be clear, he wasn't saying like, send me your best offer and I'll consider it. He was like saying, if I only get one offer for a player, yes. I'm auto accepting. Like, so clearly well, right. again, so- this is like not someone who's like trying to make a decision that's going to help their team. It's just like having some fun. <laughs> Like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can see where Elon stands on the issue already. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, because all of a sudden you have these elite players on the trade market and who they're dealt to could basically decide the entire fantasy season and overshadow or change the course from the, you know, whatever team building and strategy and, and gameplay that's taken place over the last six, seven months could all be out the window for one, you know, for one, one or two trades. Um, so I, I get in touch with the manager. I'm like, hey. These are my concerns. Like, tell me what's going on. Like, what are you thinking? Again, this is someone like we trust, who's been a longtime competitor. Um, like, we know we know them to be like a really great manager. Uh, so, yeah, he, when you're in tier one of the cupful, like if you're in yeah. last place, it's like someone has to come in last place, and like yeah. everyone is like people who have been winning like the past like three four years. So it's yeah. like it's unfortunate, but someone has to be there. But yeah, everyone's amazing. Yeah. So so his response, like like he shared a few things. First, he said like I'm in last. I have no chance to win. I have no incentive. You've given me no reason to keep competing. So why not? Like, this is how I can have fun and still be involved in the league. Cause I actually have no other way to have fun and still be involved in the league. You know, I can see you're just biting your, I know, I know. Let me get through it. And then you can let try it all win, out. Try to win the matchup. That's fun. Be spoiler. Yeah, That's what NHL do. teams do. I know. <laughs> okay. This is, this is, I'm presenting the whole, oh, okay. uh, but I realized I talked too long before, so feel free to interject. <laughs> that was off okay. camera. That wasn't part of the show. <laughs> oh, now, okay. now it's known. <laughs> now it's part of the show. Uh, okay. His other reason was, he's like, hey, um, there haven't been a lot of trades in this division. I think trading is a really important part of fantasy hockey. I don't think it's rewarded enough. So this is how I'm going to like add that to the game. Like I think a good trader, I want someone who's really good at trading to win the league. And so... That's why I'm doing this. Like, I think that's reasonable. And also his other, like, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be as fair as I possibly can be. I can't remember if he just showed me or if he showed the whole group, but like what offers were the top offers for each player that he'd received an offer for. I don't know if he was that transparent with everyone or if I just... He yeah, just he was like, he was like doing every single day. He was posting in the league yeah. chat, like, here are the current offers. Right. If you want to try to beat... It was like a whole like right. mini game that's like, <laughs> I've never played before. And I, <laughs> I'll i tell you from my perspective as a player, because yeah. again, like our rule for Kukupful is like, since Brian and I are both commish and next year we'll have Kevin also as the as a commish. Or I guess if we decide, Kevin's the coordinator of the Kukupful. We'll figure that all out. But uh, Kevin A. Bear, who I believe is in the chat, 
is uh, going to be a big part of the team also. But anyways, our, our rules were basically like, if it's something in my league, then Brian makes a decision and I'm not allowed to, you know, intervene and, and, and vice versa. And so like, but my, like when I saw this was happening, I was just like, I'm not participating in this. Like I'd rather lose than uh, be part of this like crazy yeah, thing. I, and you were in the minority. Like I knew most people had made offers and were participating because, Hey, you're in tier one. Like you're going to push like every, like, Everyone in this league is just wired to compete. So my question to him was like, hey, okay, I I see why you're doing it, but help me, like, what's in it for you? Like, something has to be in it for you for this to make sense. And he said, well, like, first off, it's fun. He's the Joker. He wants to see the world burn. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he gets to play God, essentially. Like, he basically has the power to crown a cupful champion like if things and even even inadvertently right like things will be set in motion that will change the course of the season as it is um but competitively uh he acknowledged like yeah there's, i have nothing to compete could nothing to gain competitively for my team uh and i wouldn't be doing this if i were still in contention and for me that was enough to ask him to pull the plug on it because this wasn't like a something like Elon, you said, and I think these might've been my words. Like, it's like a mini game. He started, it's a mini game in the middle of a fantasy hockey league. Like it's not something that you should reasonably expect to happen in the course of a fantasy season that the last place team puts up a fire sale and then gets to decide who goes where based on their own interpretation. Um, and it also wasn't an actual competitive move for him. Like he had, his team stood to gain absolutely nothing which is counter to what what would be reasonably like when you make when you see a trade as commissioners Elon we've seen enough that we know the best way to measure a trade is to see uh, like that both managers are trying to win like that's the bottom line for for at, or at least like the first tick are both managers trying to win and make their teams like more likely to win a championship tick yes good but that wasn't happening and I told yeah. him this, and after, like, we had, like, two, and again, this is where Elon and I differ, because Elon would have been like, no, forget it, it's over. And I had, like, two or three days of having, like, oh, deep night <laughs> philosophical discussions about, like, oh, the whole thing. And, the like, cra- people don't a, even realize. It was, a, it was a wild, like, it was my life for, Brian, you, like, people don't even realize form. how busy you are already. <laughs> like, I need you to do things, like, to help with the podcast I already. Wanted like, I, I, I wanted to understand. I can't afford you taking two days on this. <laughs> it was very interesting. It really was. Man, um, how much, how big of a slap, was it Peterson that's, uh, that slapped fam? No, it was fam that slapped yeah. Peterson. How <laughs> bad of a slap would this person have gotten from fam? <laughs> like if that happened in his league. Yeah. Well, that's a good, yeah. Well, so, so, I, and I was like, Hey, sorry, I can't like, it can't happen because it's like, there's no, there's no, there's nothing competitive for you to gain here. And like, that's counter to the spirit of league. Yes. I understand you have no incentive, like you're bored maybe. And yes, I understand there's no rule prohibiting what you're doing, but like it's against the spirit of the whole thing and what we're trying to do. And it's, it's like, it's, it's not anti-competitive, but it certainly isn't pro-competitive. So when I did that, um, he shared that, like, if that's the call, he's like, I'm going to take care of my team the rest of the season. Um, but otherwise, like, I'm, I think I'm going to bounce. And like, you know, I feel again, like it's like a, it's, it's a sad ending. Like, I feel like I got slapped at the end. Um, like this is a, like a long time listener, great community member, huge competitor. And uh, I don't want to lose people like that. So like Elon, you were in the league yourself. You were completely removed from my making the decision. 
But my question is, now that we've seen it happen, seen it be attempted, is this something we should expect to happen? No, we should put in it the in the rules. Let's explicitly or, put so it in the, the rule? rules. So what's this the rule? This is the rule. It's easy. Every trade, it has to be clear that both managers are making the trade in good faith to try to improve their team. That's the rule. Like they're trying, they think that this trade will make their team better. They don't have, like, I don't have to agree with you. We're not going to like, you know, look at every trade and like veto it. If there's uh, you know, like we think that someone is getting ripped off unless it's like something crazy. Um, but in general, uh, yeah, like I just, at, le- at the minimum qualification of something to be allowed is it has to be both managers are acting in their best interest. So that's easy. Throw it in the, throw it in the rules. Kevin, mark this down. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, but who? But who decides that? I mean, we the do. The commish. Yeah. 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 We, the, we and Kevin are. That's the team. burden that we bear. All right. Yeah. Let's move on here. Okay. The next one actually is one that you. I'm gonna let you tell the story of because you were the one sort of uh, heading this one. There was a deadline deal that we vetoed. One team was trading Jack Eichel and Adam Henrique to receive Drake Batherson, Alex Iafalo, and Ily Mac- Mikhaev. And I, I'll tell you to take it away from here. Will do. Okay. I can wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, I could have, maybe we blew it on this one. Like I, at the time felt good about it. I still kind of do. Cause I still think it broke that uh, credo from before, but yeah, some context here is that Batherson was still injured. Right. And this was like a week before the playoffs were going to start and news came out that Batherson was like, probably not even going to be back until the playoffs. And these were both teams or at least the team that was trading away Eichel for Batherson, that team was like fight needed to like win like that matchup and the next matchup to make the fantasy playoffs even. It's like why are you going to trade away like a superstar player for someone who's injured? Like Mikhaev and I follow were like you know people that were picked off of free agency recently, so you could forget about them. Same with Henrik. It's basically Eichel for Batherson. So why would you trade away a star player for an injured player when like you desperately need to win? And I think what happened here was that this person didn't realize that Batherson was going to be like still alive. I think the news maybe even might have come out like after the trade was accepted that Batherson would be out but like a wrinkle here is because yeah like obviously like you you know no take backs once the trade's accepted but the wrinkle is that we have a rule in the couple which maybe to some people is a controversial but I don't know I think it's actually got done really well and this rule's actually helped us a lot from not having to veto trades generally which is the main purpose of this rule it's the it's the counter offer rule so basically after every trade is made uh, all the other managers in the league have 24-hour period where they can send a counter offer to either manager who like made in the deal, uh, and then that manager has the option to accept like a counter offer instead of the trade they took. So if you basically, if you're like a someone sitting and all of a sudden you see this trade go through, and you're like, oh man, what my competitor? By the way, the person getting Eichel is like in first place or something, or like or right up there, first or second. And so you know, if you see like, oh man, now this person's getting Eichel, I can't believe this, so unfair. Then you could be like, instead of just like complaining to us, like asking us to veto, you we we would just say, hey, make a counter offer, right? If you put in a better offer, then it should be then it'll be accepted. So like that usually like resolves these kinds of problems. So Brian, I don't have to step in, but unfortunately this manager who accepted the deal and took Batherson and then found out that Batherson's going to be injured for a while like uh, didn't want to accept a counter offer because they felt that like they don't like that rule you know it's just like I, I don't believe in the counter offer rule so I'm not going to so, so again to me goes back like all of this might go back to the same rule right i think like to me it goes back to this person now wasn't making a decision that was in the best interest of their team because once they realized that batherson was you know not going to be back in time to help him and then once we told him like and he apparently he did accept like people were messaging me like i sent a counter offer and the guy's not like responding or whatever so it's like 
then it was clear this person wasn't making a decision for the best interest of their team. They were being like, you know, principled, kind of like the Taylor Hall person. Like, this is my thing. Like, I want to, you know, stick with my principles and do the original deal, even though I could make a smarter decision for my team to help my team get into the playoffs by accepting this counter offer and get a non-injured player. Uh, so then we made the call to veto it. And maybe it was bad. I, I know we really pissed off uh, the person who traded Eichel. And I, and, uh, I feel really bad about it, the person that was going to get Eichel. And, uh, you know, maybe in hindsight, it was like, dumb. maybe I didn't need to, maybe we didn't need to veto and we could just let it go and like, no big deal. But again, it always kind of bothers me when someone, like as commish, I want a league where everyone is only making moves that are going to make them try to win. And then if you have like that, and I feel like if, you, if we just have that blanket rule, then we don't have to worry so much about coming up with all these edge cases and like extra, you know, like, oh, but what about this case? What about this case? I feel like we have this blanket rule. That's the rule. So I feel like it should be followed. And when the person said, I'm not willing to accept a counter offer, even though it'll improve my team, I was like, all right, well then you're not, you're breaking the rule. Veto the trade. So. Which sucks. Cause like this trade could have gone down without us knowing that had we not had this conversation in the first place, right? Like it was this piece Well, no, people all- were messaging me being like this person, like I don't like this trade and I made a counter offer and the person yeah. like didn't but we, respond. But we can't control, like some sometimes this happens, right? With the counter offer rule, like people are like, well, I think I made a better offer, but they're not taking it. Well, and exactly. some people do make agreements when they make the trade. They're like, hey, <laughs> like in Survivor, like, hey, we're not going to accept any counter. I see what you're it. saying, Brian. And then, like, someone- so basically what you're saying is like, if he would have just told us, I still think it's a good deal for me. I have a yeah. hunch that Batherson is going to come back early, even though the news reports say he's not. So I'm happy with it. Then uh, there's nothing I could say, right? right? It was more. It was like on Seinfeld where he tried to return something for spite. He went to the store and there was like, "What's the reason you're returning this?" And he says, "For spite. I don't like the person who sold it to me." They're like, "Well, you can't return it for spite." So he's like, "Fine, I don't like it." It was like, "Sorry, you already said you're returning it for spite." So you can. Yeah. So like, I guess that that was the rule. If the person, if he would have lied to me and just told me a different reason for why he's not accepting a counter, then I would have had nothing to stand on. Yeah, and I think the initial deal wasn't so I mean we were expecting Eichel to come back and be like on fire right but it wasn't inconceivable that no, if Batherson day, was healthy Batherson. that would have been a fair trade like next right. year I think that if you draft Batherson over Eichel I'm not faulting you You're that's reasonable yeah. yeah but even in the end like having Batherson for a certain period of time was better than having Eichel well this right? person missed the playoffs like healthy, yeah well so right so it, it didn't end up mattering it was but a they, bad move but they could have been trying to make that bet that hey i'm gonna make the playoffs and then i'll have drake batherson oh, i see yeah he could have told yeah. me that yeah. like look i think i, I think it was just I, yeah. I don't think it had to be vetoed like i really don't like at the end of the day i think maybe we were a little over overzealous. overactive on the yeah, overzealous on this one um Lesson I, think- I told them at the time i was like well, i'm not gonna reverse it at this point but i was like telling the person who was upset at me like I'm like, I hear your feedback. He was like very upset. He sent me like a lot of messages and they all like made sense. And it's like, I've taken it into account and maybe next year I'll try to give more. Like, it's just, I just, yeah, I just, I want to get the vibe that the person is making the decision to try to help their team and not for other reasons. And like, I didn't get that vibe and maybe next year I need to be a little bit looser on that or just like let Kevin do it. So I don't have to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I, I also <laughs> think like for context, just to excuse you, like I, it, it was a moment where I think we were really involved. Like it was around the trade deadline. There were a lot of things happening. And as commissioners, we were trying to, you know, keep our fingers off the scale and everything, but still trying to make sure everything went through fairly. And this was just a moment where we might have like at, at face value, especially with like the Henrique uh, with the Eichel and I follow Mikhaev with Batherson. Like it seemed to be obfuscating basically what is Eichel for Batherson and yeah. like just at face value that that was kind of shocking 
at that so, moment. Yeah, so this see. will be fun. People can yeah. uh, send us tweets and let us know, like, what do you think? How badly we blew it? Because, again, like, we, you know, we, I didn't get a degree in league commissioning. Like, Brian and I started what? this league and we're doing the best and we you, can. And you call yourself a... Com- <laughs> is that legal? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of got in because of... I don't know, nepotism. I'm not sure. But like, uh, I have this job and uh, I'm learning and trying to get better. So yeah, as we go through these, like, I'm definitely open for people telling me that like I made the wrong choice or like we did something incorrectly. And maybe next year we'll, uh, we'll try to improve the rules to make things more clear. And then also we could, I, we don't want to veto anything. That's why I like yeah. the counteroffer rule. There were so yeah. many trades this year that were bad. And then people accepted a counteroffer and no one complained and it was great. Or they didn't get a counteroffer, and we could say, well, everyone, you had your chance. That's actually more of the case. I think there were only, like, three... People are, like, sometimes tell us they hate the counteroffer rule so much. I think it actually only happened, like, three times or four times, like, in, like, 20 leagues, you know? You know, not even once per league, so... It's not like that. It's more like a deterrent. If anything, it's like a deterrent of like, there's no point of me just like ripping someone off on a trade because they like don't know what they're doing because I know then they're just going to get counter offers. So I shouldn't waste my, you know, so it just like kind of yeah. like makes people more incentivized to try to make it a somewhat even deal. Because like in tier one, like there were a lot of trades where I was just like, I'm not going to like, I could try to counter, but honestly, like these are like, it's a fair trade. Like, and you know, there, right. there is a backlash. Like we're not saying like you have to accept a counter. Like if, if I made a trade and then someone sends me a counter and I think it's like really close, like maybe it's like a little bit better than my trade, but not like a lot, then maybe I have to consider the fact that, well, now this person's never going to trade with me again because like, you know, I just made this trade with them and then accepted a counter that wasn't even, you know, like I would only accept a counter if like the person who I originally traded with will be like, be like, oh yeah, obviously, like I would have also accepted that. Like, no question, that's a better package. Like, what can I even say? So, that's just me defending Tricky. that rule. I like that rule. As a commission, <laughs> yeah. it's a great I rule. I love, I love the counter offer rule. Yeah, well, because we we take it out of it's out of we try and yeah. When people complain about a bad trade, hands. yeah. When yeah. people complain about a bad trade, you could just say like, well, you could have made a counter, and yeah. it's like also good. Like, I like the feeling. I know, like, we'll talk about this in another episode probably, but I like that you know when like a trade goes down that you hate and you're like not involved in it, like not as a commission, like, just as a participant. It's like it's just this, like a helpless, like annoying helpless. feeling. It's yeah. it's always like the team that's like already in first or second feasting on a team that's in last and now is getting even better. And you're just like, well, now there's nothing I could like. That's it. so it's nice to at least see a trade go down and know that I have the power to try to do something about it. So, anyways, okay. What's the next story? Uh, yeah. So the the last couple story before we get to our listener stories is uh, this one was uh, in the playoffs. I'll try and get to. So uh, someone had Ovechkin. This team, this manager had Ovechkin. Ovechkin had no more games in the week. And like, I believe like Washington survive. played Monday and Sunday. Sunday. It was yeah. Monday Sunday. So after Monday, he dropped right. Ovi. So terrible schedule. Uh, dropped Ovechkin with two other players, dropped Forsberg and Swayman too. So I, I can't tell you who the OV drop was for because there were two other players dropped at the same time. But this manager added, uh, dropped Ovechkin in the playoffs. I was like, whoa, like, are you sure that you want to do this? Because now no, okay. Alex Ovechkin... Can I is a- jump in right now? Okay. Because I feel like I don't want you to perpetuate a myth that's already okay. been perpetuated in the group. Like people <laughs> keep on saying that I was trying to tell the person that he can't drop Ovechkin. That was never... I never said to him, oh, are you sure you want to do that? That never happened. I never thought I, that. Sorry. I wasn't saying... You, I wasn't... I, that was the internal monologue. Like, okay. Like, I see Alex Ovechkin. You see Alex Ovechkin. As the commissioner, he's like, oh, are we sure that wasn't a mistake? Usually when we see a star get dropped, especially Yahoo had, like, some crazy stuff with their app this year where, like... You literally dropped Eric Hala and it dropped Alex Ovechkin instead. Right. It was very, it was very frustrating. They fixed it by the end of the season, which is like, oh, like what? 
And so, okay, so Elon, Elon, so how did you present? Yeah, here, me, let me take it. Yeah, here. you take it. Okay. I, I so have ba- the result of, of it all, but you share the rest. So this was like in the semis, right? So there was still going to be a finals. This person probably made a smart judgment call that I have a better chance streaming in like three games, four games from someone else rather than only getting one more game from Ovechkin. And so it's like, I'm not going to fall. This is someone making a decision to help their team. Cool. What I was wondering and what I posited to the group, I feel like people like kind of misunderstood at first and maybe even to this day, people think that I was asking people, I asked the basically the league for their opinion on what we should do about this, not to ask them. Um, should this person not be allowed to ask Ovechkin? My thought was maybe we shouldn't let Ovi go into free agency. Like maybe like once Ovechkin is dropped, no one else should be able to add him. Because I was thinking like now it's going to be two days on waivers. Oh wait, was this even maybe in the quarterfinals where there were teams it was on in a the bye? Quarters. Oh, so it's not even okay. So it's even that's the reason, right? Right? There's teams on a bye that don't even have to worry about that week because like in our league, six make the playoffs, top two get a bye through the quarters, and then you know the ne- the other four teams are playing to make it to the semis. And so it was like such a free gift for one of these top two teams that had a bye. And I was just thinking like. Uh, do we want that? Do we want like, imagine you're in a league and you're in second and the other person, it is fab by the way. So that's the thing. Like everyone has a budget. So you could say that people like saved their budget for this moment so that you'll be able to get like the best free agent that's dropped. But I think personally, it's kind of reasonable to like not expect that like, like I don't need to save my budget because like McDavid might get dropped or Ovechkin might get dropped. So I need to save my budget for that. Uh, Like it just seemed like a non-standard thing. So the only thing I was asking is whether maybe we should take Ovi like out of the free agent pool and just not let anyone take him. So again, just to make it clear one more time, I never said the person shouldn't be allowed to drop Ovi. I was just like positing that maybe we should take him out of the pool. And then in the end, we decided to leave him in the pool and we ended up not touching it. But it was like a big discussion. And I think a lot of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yes. Well, yeah, we left him in. Like my, my feeling was if you, like this is the reason you save up your fab all year. In case, like, it's the same way, like, if you're in a waiver priority league and you're at the top, you have number one waiver priority, you wait all year. Like, you might sit on that all year for this very moment. And if you can afford to burn that priority and take Alex Ovechkin and eat the three or four days that, like, you've, you've, uh, that he's not playing, you've earned your way into that position. And, like, this isn't, you know, we had, I remember the first year of Kukupful, we had, like, the can't cut list active. And that was a mistake because people wanted to make, these kinds of moves towards the end of the year and mm-hmm. couldn't. Um, so like that, that's not part of that wasn't on the table at all. But to me, this was a situation, you know, like we want to be as hands off as possible while still making sure that, you know, that we, the couple is guided towards being the, the best and most competitive and meets all those things that we say it's going to meet. Uh, so what you're laughing. Cause I'm saying, I'm, that, not, have, have, I'm have smiling. No, I'm just saying okay. like, yeah. So I don't necessarily even agree. Like, we didn't I have, have to get our hands on it. Yeah. It was great. Like, and I don't, like you said, you never were thinking of putting your hands too, too on, but you were wondering what to do with Ovechkin. And, uh, and someone else got I, him I and he didn't end up winning. The guy who dropped Ovi yeah. ended up winning the league. So yeah, congratulations. So, well, here's what happened. Oh, dropped Ovechkin with two others, added Eric Halla, Jacob Vrana, and Alex Lafre- Alexi Lafreniere. And, uh, Halla had 17 fantasy points the rest of the week, which is huge. Had three goals on seven shots. J- Jacob Vrana added 11 more fantasy points, also a huge performance. Lafreniere added just a few, but basically, this got the manager dropping Ovechkin and those two others. You know, Ovechkin was another lotto ticket trying to add Halla and, uh, Halla and Vrana. That's a 30 fantasy point swing, and the manager won by seven fantasy points. They would not have made it to the semis with Ovechkin on their roster. Wow. And like you said, 
Maybe they, no, they could have dropped have. some. Maybe they could have dropped someone else instead uh, of Ovi. Yeah, that's true. But who knows? We'd have to do the math of like who yeah. was the optimal drop. Was it Ovi or someone else? In hindsight, and then anyways, yeah. the team that added Ovechkin uh, ended up third, and Ov- Ovechkin's contributions didn't seem to move the needle as much, as far as I could tell, looking back. So, uh, elite players should be droppable. Uh, I don't think that we should have like. I don't think we were wrong to leave Ovechkin as a free agent. And I think this is like a this is a bit of a feature, not a bug. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I st- part of me wonders if like it would be cool to be in a league where like when players get dropped in the playoffs, if they're like not addable again, and just free agency just gets thinner. Because okay, here's what I'm kind of thinking is a kind of a cool way to run a league. But I'm not saying we'll do this, but just like a thought I've had. Like, you know, people are getting eliminated as the playoffs go on, right? Like, you know, especially if there's no consolation playoffs, then like once you get to the semis, there's only like four teams left. So maybe it makes sense that free agency should also be dwindling to account for the fact that there's fewer players going for people in free agency. So what if every drop that player just leaves the pool once the playoffs start? So then the available free agents are going down and down but also there's fewer people going for it. So maybe it all evens out that way. Cause otherwise maybe you just have like, by the time you're in the finals one versus one and you both have like this like massive pool of free agents, it's all just for the two of you. Unless again, you have a constellation going. So, but anyways, I just kind of feel like that might be a cool way to run a league. I don't even know if that's like a feature on Yahoo of just like in the playoffs, don't allow dropped players to be re-added. And I think that would be fine. But obviously, this is a rule you have to come up with at the start of the season. So definitely, now that we saw the situation happen, we'll make a definitive rule and put it in the rule book. Probably, it sounds like you're saying, like, you just will make the, we'll just make the rule that you could do whatever you want. And yeah. then that player goes in. And But now people just need to know, when you're deciding on how to spend your fab throughout the year, yeah. maybe look at the playoff schedules. And if in the quarterfinals, a superstar is on a team with a really <laughs> terrible schedule That's and you earn a buy, that would be a reason to say fab, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone should be free to drop who they want so long as they can make an argument that it helps their team be competitive. Like going back to that question, and Norm in the chat has actually phrased it really well. He's like, the moves you make have to be in the best interest of making your team the most competitive. <laughs> but again, your summary is not... <laughs> again, your summary is like making it seem as if I was trying to say that I thought the person who dropped Ovechkin wasn't doing that. That's never... Think, that wasn't I think the that's what I think that's what you're hearing. Well, I why are you saying like, so saying. in conclusion, <laughs> the rule should be that everyone has to make moves in the best interest. Like that, I never was saying that okay. he wasn't. <laughs> all right. No, I know. We all know. We get it. Okay. Um, moving on. So now we have... This, so those are big cupful blowups and we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, like on Twitter. So we had like the first round Taylor Hall, um, the deadline fire sale in the top tier, the vetoed Eichel Batherson deal, and uh, the Ovechkin drop uh, in the playoffs. So let us know if you. If I'll you, bet you, you have a bunch of people now are just going to troll me and just tweet being like, <laughs> he should have been allowed to drop Ovi. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that. Um, or Elon will eventually have to post just that clip of him shouting into the microphone. That's not what I. Okay. Uh, now onto our listeners, which which had some really great. So this is one. Uh, this this I called the rule that's always gets broken, and apparently this is a yearly argument in this listeners league. So there's a rule that every team has to have. All Are we doing roster. anonymity? The people maybe the people wrote and want to get a shutout. This person asked for anonymity oh, because they I know. See. Well, they said <laughs> they know some of their league mates listen. They don't want to stir the pot, but this seems They're like gonna a know. pretty specific <laughs> situation. So. All right. We'll see if they get off with uh, just the description. So there's a rule in the league that all teams have to have all their roster slots full at all times, like forward, defenseman, goalie. But every year someone ends up inevitably with like a defenseman who gets injured, puts them on IR, and then adds a forward. And (gasps) then like, 
I know. And then all hell breaks loose, apparently. So he wrote, there's there's a couple guys that get upset someone has an illegal roster. Another couple people get upset that there shouldn't be a rule that Yahoo can't enforce, that we're manually enforcing. Uh, some others think that the commissioner should like be checking the rosters every day to enforce the rules. Why can't they? Why does the commissioner have to do it? Well, maybe they're, uh, yeah, well, because they don't want to. It's a hard job. They're not the commissioner. They don't, they don't impose. (laughs) Are you paying this person to do this? (laughs) That's a great question. Some others think that if someone notices the error, then like let them know off to the side and not call them out in the chat. Cause like, it's a big blow up. Like people fight. It's an argument. Like there's it gets heated. This is this has happened four years in a row. And it's like and like and then there's like <laughs> the other person who I think would describe you or me who goes ahead and like okay fine I'm gonna drop a defenseman and add a forward. Oh yeah. Just like well if that rule's not being enforced then I'm not gonna yeah. follow it. Yeah. Uh, a stupid rule. So like, I, you- sorry to give a spoiler of my opinion. <laughs> So they, they said it usually ends with the commissioner saying, I'm done. Someone else can run the league. So I guess it's not a nice paycheck that comes with it before they all uh, remember that they're buds and fantasy <laughs> hockey is something they do for fun. Sounds like uh, a fun yearly tradition this, and you should just keep patron, it going. Well, this patron said it's become one of their favorite parts of the season in four <laughs> years. So what's, so yeah, I was going to ask you, Elon, what's, what's your solution here? Change the rule. Uh, or like have a clear punishment for offenders or just like keep keep the good times I mean, or bad yeah, times. I mean, I have rolling. a lot of opinions. It depends what you want to get. It, now that it's a fun tradition, my opinion is to let it happen every year. But I, to give you my opinion, like A, I personally I don't like the, the guy? rule. If, okay. if, if you're saying let it happen every year, would you be the guy who does yeah, it? Yeah, I'll be like, the would one you who... kickstart it every year? I mean, if it's strategic, like the thing is, like you could set up the rosters such that if I'm dropping a defenseman for a forward, that means that there's going to be days where I have an open D spot and an extra forward on my bench. So I feel like we allow that in Cupful, right? Like we have four D spots, but if you want, you could drop all your D. In the Cupful, if you want, we have 18 roster spots. You could just have 18 centers, which is like you're only going to be able to roster four of them max every day, like two in the center spots and two in the util spots we don't like enforce a rule like that so my opinion is that i don't i don't think that rule is necessary it sounds like overly like i was i don't see why like just like let people do what they want like whatever but if you really want that to be a rule i think that you should have a vote in the off season like decide like are we like what's the plan you know like come up with a plan before it happens again if you don't want it if you want it to happen because it's fun then just like let it happen but if you actually want to like fix the problem have a discussion in the off season, not like in the moment when it happens and all the emotions are high and people are like playing to win. Just like in the chill time of the off season, decide what the rules should be, decide who's, how it's going to be enforced. If you want it to be enforced, first of all, I think it shouldn't be the commission's job. Like maybe it should be like whoever is the competitor, like, you know, whoever is against that team in a head to head matchup, they'll probably notice. So they could all, or just whatever you see. Anyways, whatever, anyone could call it out. Uh, but also you could just like switch over to fan tracks or something. I think that you can enforce maximums and minimums of each position type. So if you really want to have such like nitpicky rules like that, you might not be on the right platform. So I would say either abolish the rule or move to fan tracks or come up with a really like set uh, like guidelines for how it gets enforced. What about this? What about you have a, you add a rule like saying, this is the rule stay on your platform, whatever. But the first person to break it, has to add 50 bucks to the pot and like isn't guaranteed to actually like and we'll still all fight about it and reverse it and be friends at the end but like that there's a punishment that's against being the one who does it 
But you should make everyone give a $50 deposit at the beginning of the season. <laughs> that will be refundable because yeah. otherwise the person's just not going to give the 50 bucks. Yeah. So you have to like hold their money. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Let We've us know how it. that... Yeah, I think I think we did. But honestly, that's, that's like a bad rule, right? Like, why? Just let the let you drop a forward for a defensive, whatever. It's fine. Like well, the punishment you, you is you can that you add enough- more forward games. You can get, or yeah, you but lose, sorry, you you get fewer games played, but a forward is going to score more points. So maybe you should games. just make defensemen worth more. Yeah, or like increase the number of D spots. Like I don't know. There's ways around there's it a lot of where you don't to need to uh, have a tricky rule like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Next next story is about. Uh, Tension in the league. So this is Ryan, one of our patrons, who said... Uh, Aren't, like, all the patrons named Ryan? Or that was the case, like, three <laughs> or four is, years ago. This is ago. Ryan number seven. Okay. Ryan, Ryan, uh, Ryan A number seven. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so Ryan shared that there was tension arose in, in his league this year when a newer player dropped Charlie McAvoy um, for schedule reasons in the last couple weeks, a month after the tra- trade deadline. And I was like, oh, okay, well, does that make sense? And Ryan's like, no. It still doesn't. Even with the bad schedule, scoring defensemen are super valuable. Is this a keeper league? Or is this like a one-year league? No, it's a redraft. Um, And so Ryan was able to pick up Charlie McAvoy and ride him to a championship and said said the vibes have been off ever since. (laughs) And Ryan's not sure the league is going to continue next year after nine years in operation. One added element here is that the manager who dropped McAvoy is the commissioner's spouse. And okay. so while everyone is fighting about it in the group chat, the commissioner was silent on it, perhaps because of their close ties to the person who dropped Charlie McAvoy. It's a tricky spot. So, you know, it caused a real competitive shift in the league. So what do you do? I mean, we covered this, Elon, a little bit in what you, you're saying what you wouldn't do about Ovechkin. But, you know, what do you do about player drops? It shouldn't have happened. Causing tension might end a league. Uh, how did McAvoy do to end the season? I'm seeing that he had um, 16 points his last 19 games. Yeah, he had a really strong finish to the year. Uh, overall, he had yeah, he had a good season, almost a 60 point pace. So good for Charlie McAvoy. I mean, so also, did you say like why this person is the one who got McAvoy? Was it because Ryan was like at the top of waiver priority uh, or something like that? That's a good question. No, I don't know if they were just like the fastest finger or why. That's a that's a that's a good element here. But like, I feel like it's kind of a deep league. If like Charlie, Ma- like even like a sixty point defenseman like McAvoy, so you wouldn't think that would like change the competitive balance like so so much like i'd be curious it must have been like a super deep league where like defensemen are just like so impossible to get anyone i don't know, wait what's the question i guess this is unfortunate right it's too bad that everyone is, is like upset like right you should right. like again it's like in the summer i guess first of all you need to all talk about it and basically be like, jock peterson dropped charlie mcavoy with two weeks to go and some other guy won would should tommy fam be able oh. to slap him well first of all like i said about all the couple stuff is the spouse that dropped mcavoy uh, like did that person do it for a good reason like you know was it yeah they, uh, they had a schedule reason it was but it was short-sighted like yeah. in ryan's opinion they shouldn't have done it okay. and it seemed like people knew people knew that it shouldn't have happened well, <laughs> that's it. I don't know. That's, like, yeah, I think I think make a rule. Are... If you want to make a rule, like uh, among the league, that like every drop, you know how like trades go. You know Yahoo can make it that the league votes on like vetoes for a trade. Like if a certain number of people vote that the trade should be 
vetoed than it just is. So you could always make a rule for your league that every drop gets a vote. Like maybe if someone brings up, they think the drop is bad, then you have a league vote. And if like 75% of people don't like the drop, then it gets reversed. Like it's your league, right? You could do whatever you want. So if that's actually something that people would be upset about, or you could just turn on Yahoo's no drop list. I don't even think McAvoy would have been on the list. No, I think, I think the answer is depends on why Ryan got the player. Right? Yeah, like yeah why, exactly. If Ryan had the most no fab or if Ryan had McAvoy. waiver fab. Yeah, or yeah. maybe like Ryan waited with the number one waiver priority all season. Right. So then it's like, uh, it's like if the OV thing, though. If choices he made like through the season, then great. Like, I like more power to Ryan. And like, but at the same time, you have someone who's like kind of blowing up the league. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, no, to be honest, like, it's just to me, like, I, it's, I'm surprised that Mac, but maybe I'm not giving McAvoy enough credit, but like, let's just like, he, to he, me, like you said, he, as a defenseman, he was almost point per game over the last yeah, yeah. couple of weeks so, of no, the you're season. Right. That's I huge. I guess like, let's pretend like this was like, just to make it easier. Like, what if McDavid was dropped? You know, like, because of schedule read, or Ovi in this, in this situation, like we just discussed it and you said that you think the decision should be to just let him i'd be okay with a rule where you know what i would even be okay with the rule you know how i said before i want like everyone who's dropped to not be able to be added what if you made it like just for the playoffs or something maybe it could be fun to tinker with a rule of like anyone over 75 percent rostered or 85 percent rostered on yahoo that's dropped can't be re-added by someone else like something like again <laughs> I do, i'm not saying people shouldn't be like if this person wants to drop mcavoy for schedule reasons but yeah maybe the rest of the league shouldn't get access to him maybe that's a good solution I don't know. It's a, this is a tricky one. I don't even think we've really solved it with this OV thing. And it's, it's the same thing. But I definitely, it's a bummer that everyone's sad in the league. So I think definitely if the league does continue next year, you should have a conversation in the summer and come up with what the rules should be for how do you want to deal with drops can you, that people feel you, are unfair. Like people talk about vetoing, vetoing trades. That's what I said. Should yeah, you, I said. Yeah. I said yeah. maybe you could do a vote for vetoing drops. Veto a drop. Yeah. That could be a rule. Why not? That would be interesting. To they see. do that I in mean, the Puck Hogs League. They veto drops. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing if, uh, it's the same thing when people veto trades, they're just like mad that they can't get in on it. Right. Or like that's sorry. That's, that's not people throw vetoes at trades that are fair sometimes yeah. because they're just not. Well, here's the interesting thing. It's yeah. like, we have the counter offer rule for trades, right? So if you're yeah. not happy with the trade, you can make a counter offer, but what would be the equivalent for a drop? Yeah. Like, but the thing is, like, if you have number one waiver priority, that's what you held it for. So I think it's like part of the strategy. Right. You've passed on several other players and opportunities. But if the commission wants to, because again, if like McDavid was dropped, probably the commission would step in. So you have to come up with a threshold. It would be good if you could quantify it, right? If you could just say anyone who's over this percent rostered or anyone who is over this number of points, whatever you know metric you want to use, like isn't allowed to be dropped or is not to go your back into the playoff list pool. again, which we don't like. So yeah, well, no, so but you I'm take saying order to take out the pool. pool. But yeah. you come up with a rule yourself, and we usually yeah. have to still, I think. I still think we need to tweak this for a couple. Like, what would we do if McDavid was dropped? Well, I guess we said we would talk to the person, and if it was for a reason that they think it's going to help them win. So, yeah, maybe you have to talk to this manager. Maybe it's like the Taylor Hall. Maybe this is like a Taylor Hall situation where you need to go to this manager, and even though this person thought that it was like a smart move, if everyone else is like, well, you may think so, but you're wrong, and this is actually not a smart move, then maybe we should give that person the opportunity to reverse it and be like, you know... I don't know how experienced this person is also. So that's the yeah. context also. If this is an experienced player that still made the decision to drop McAvoy, then I think you have to let it let it go. Right. And if they're inexperienced, then yeah. Like it's, then yeah, I don't know. You kind of, I feel like you have to let 
people make mistakes, but not to the point that they blow up the rest of the league. So I'm curious to know how big a role also McAvoy played in winning yeah. the league. Fun discussion. Are people enjoying this? Talk. Tweet at us, by the way, or let us know on Discord if this is like fun <laughs> or not. Because I feel like I'm just <laughs> chatting with Brian and I'm having fun. Yeah. But now I'm just realizing like, is this actually like good? Like, uh, who knows? It's so crazy. I know I also say this all the time. This is like classic me, but like we don't get like any reviews. Like it's not <laughs> as if like, you know, like a TV show like drops an episode and then like people write articles about like what was good and bad about the episode. Like we don't hear like basically any reviews reviews for any of our shows like i have no idea what's good and what's not i could look at the numbers but it's like they downloaded the episode before they heard it so that doesn't even help so uh i don't know i'd be curious to know if people are interested oh well norm is in the chat saying he loves it but he's a commissionerd so, i think there's uh, a lot of commissioners no good yeah so, fantasy so. hockey nerds are commissioners we did by the way actually elon have somebody who dropped their entire roster in like a cup full like as like blowing things up on the way out like they thought they were mad they were they were mad because they stopped being a patron which means like you can't manage the team anymore and we just wrote them to be like hey like is this like and we're always like we're pretty open-minded too like if someone has a, spe- a situation they want not to only are we open-minded but we're like very like free like you know most i'll bet you other people <laughs> running the leagues like would just be like, well, you canceled your Patreon, fine, then you lose your You're team. Out. But like, we always like email the person and be like, hey, I see that you canceled your Patreon. Just want to make sure that was on purpose and just make sure you're aware that like, you, uh, in order to be eligible to play the couple, you need to be an yeah. active patron. So is that something you meant to do? You know, like we're really like sucking up to people and want to be nice because we want to make sure to never take away someone. It's same with inactive teams. Like I was saying, we're always like so like, hey, notice that you haven't been setting your lineup lately. Like I know things yeah. get busy sometimes. We just wanted <laughs> to check in and see if you're like still interested in running the team or if you'd rather we give it to a replacement that's next on the the wait list so we sent that email to this one person and they dropped at 158 and 159 in the morning eastern they dropped dougie hamilton jason roberts and jacob marks from matthew kachuk and artemi panarin yeah cool what a cool person <laughs> cool bye banned that's like we I don't mean, ban people not... from the cupful but i i'm not sure <laughs> well, i don't remember who welcome it... back without a well, conversation I don't remember who it is do you know who it is no well, how are we going to know if they register next oh, year? Don't tell them. <laughs> uh, okay. They could play again. It was easy to fix. Like, whatever. So, fine. You canceled being a patron. You dropped all your players. It was like, whatever. I took five minutes. You I were, put the players back. You were back. so mad at the time. You found it very inconsiderate. Well, I mean, it's a... I mean, it's a total, if I may say... It's a, it's a dick move. move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all get right. out of here with this. Be uh, grown up. Okay. Uh, let's go to a new scenario. So oh, this- can I just say, by the way, if you want to stop being a patron... Like, that's fine. Like, no one is... Like, I'm not being like, oh, you're such a bad person because in the middle of the couple season, you canceled being a patron and now we have to deal... Like, but you know, you could say goodbye. You could send a message and be like, hey, guys, uh, just so you know, or, I'm canceling my Patreon for this reason or that reason, so I know I lose my couple team. Say maybe goodbye. That's how, maybe that's how people feel about that. Like, hey, I supported you for a while and now I'm leaving and you don't even say thank you or goodbye. Like we we could probably say thank you more. No, know that we appreciate everybody who we appreciate the patrons. If you want to stop being a patron, like we don't have a rule that you have to stay. I'm just saying, like if we're running this league, like why do you have to? People make us do the. I'm not compl- I don't, I'm sound like a complainer now, but it's like we do a lot of work behind the scenes, like running all these spreadsheets and running these programs that Kevin writes to try to check if like people are still patrons like every month, you know, and if they're eligible. It's a lot of work. But anyways, why am I complaining? That's like we're running a little uh, mini business here but i mean you don't you don't have to say goodbye uh it would be nice but if if you have any feedback on the way out let us know like if if you you left for a reason that like would be helpful for us to know like if you had like we're we we need feedback to always get better 
And also, it would be good for Elon's feelings if you just said, bye, well, no, Elon. I, well, I'm also saying, like, no, if you're like a patron that's not like in the cuckupful, then just say, you don't have to say goodbye. But I'm saying, if you're running a team and you know that the rule is you have to be a patron to have a team, it would be nice to let us know so that we know that we have oh, to go and find a replacement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that out of the way, let's move on to our next story. Elon, we've got, we've still got a few left. So let's go through them quick. Um, this one is, uh, is about table talk. You know, like when people are talking about players, usually like during happens, the draft. usually happens during the draft, but, uh, Devo is in a deep competitive league that has a very active group chat. Uh, like everyone's friends or they became friends over the, the 10, like this league's been running for over a decade. So everyone's become pretty tight and connected through this league. And like, it's not just a league chat, it's a hockey chat. And uh, pretty much every year in the lead up to the draft, uh, someone will like post like an interesting fact about a prospect who like might not be on people's radars. And uh, whoever had that player as like a late round sleeper, like blows up and gets really mad. Like, hey, what are you doing? I had that guy on my list. You, you don't know. Everybody knows about him. Like how you, that's not for the group chat. You know, and and then everybody else actually apparently piles on, according to Diva. I was like, yeah, don't do that. Um, and so, like, they, they were trying to solve this. And they've, they've discussed implementing some kind of disciplinary action. Ooh. But then, like, they get to the tra- draft and, like, are having a good time. And they forget <laughs> it by then. So, like, this, it reminds me, like, you know, of draft, like in draft moments when people are talking about a player that keeps falling still on the board. Like, oh, I can't believe... Uh, uh Huberto's still out there after the first round or whatever. And everyone's that, like, Shaw, I was gonna take yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or like it makes any kind of comment that changed perceptions or feelings at the draft table. So like, you know, we all have these group chats and a lot of them do talk about hockey as well as the the pool. Uh is it fair game for the league chat to have like player news and speculation? Or is that slap worthy? <laughs> we don't advocate Look, physical violence. This is a figurative slap. So do you think that it's related? You know how like there was the big Will Smith and Chris Rock slap. Was this, is that is this like a new thing for 2022 that like slapping is like a, a more common thing than it used to be, or is it I just a coincidence? Not. That's not what we're trying to. We're not trying to normalize. I'm not. Any, we didn't do it. We're just like I just interest. I just realized that it's like two big slaps. This slap was actually compared to that slap. What was the last noteworthy slap before these two slaps that happened in society? Like in the uh, world, in yeah. media, I'm trying. I can't even remember. Okay, there's one. There's there's one for the research team. Which remember is our that listeners. YouTube video of like it was like a guy that's like on like a sort of uh, like a Jerry Springer type show, and then like the girl slaps him, and he's like, "How can she slap?" And then like all these people from the audience like come and like start like piling on on that guy. You remember this? No, I don't. It's like a really would... funny like YouTube video. <laughs> okay, I'll have to look into it. But what do you think about? Oh yeah, what are we talking about? Oh, about look, talking okay. about mentioning a prospect, like just news. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. hey guys, what do look, you think about this? We're living in a society here okay and like different societies have like social norms and i don't want to comment on your society's social norms so like for me like it like i think that it should be fair game like in my league like if i'm the one developing the society or whatever the culture of this league chat i would be like just talk about it because whatever we all know these players like we're all smart like you're not like oh you have some hidden gem that only you know about like but that said if that's sort of like your culture of your league that like no table talks just not allowed then fine like 
then that's the rule. Like, I don't want to judge people, you know? Like, I don't want to say, like, one way or the other, because I feel like I know my preference, but I'm not, like, feeling like... It's not like the thing with the defenseman, like, you know, the you know that league where it was, like, you're not allowed to, like, drop a defenseman for an extra forward or something? I think that's, like, actually, like, kind of a dumb rule. But I think this is just kind of, like, a preference thing. And, like, I think that you guys, you know, the people in this league should come up with what the policy is and then and then uh, follow it. And I think it would be really fun to like have a punishment, but you actually have to do yeah. the punishment before the draft when everyone's too drunk to remember to do it. <laughs> or yeah, like a swear jar. All, like also, like anytime someone does it, they throw like a Throw more money in, in the pot. pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And everyone can, instead of piling on, you can be like, okay, like you blew up my spot or like I'm playing like you blew up my spot, but now I get to win more if I win the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, table talk is fun. It's fun. I actually love when we broadcast the tier one draft for the cupful and I get to talk about players that are still on the radar. Cause like we trust everybody knows all the players. Like it's, not, I'm not going to blow up anyone, but I love talking openly about what's happening during a draft. It's very yeah. freeing, but I definitely don't appreciate it when someone's doing that while I draft. Well, then like, why do you do it to other people? <laughs> well, Brian, the, the golden one, rule. The tier one draft is the spectacle. I my love doing it to other that. people, but like, I don't like when people do it to me. <laughs> uh, well, I am. Bra- if I wasn't doing it, I'd have a lot less to talk about in the tier one draft broadcast. Look, it's I like play four in, hours, Elon. I have to yeah. say something. I play in leagues generally all with good players. So I'm never thinking that i know about a player that no one else knows about so i don't i don't worry about it but i guess if you're have some secrets that you think no one else knows i guess if you're in a deep dynasty there could be some kid did you see that movie hustle on netflix with adam sandler no he's like an agent for a basketball team for the philadelphia 76ers and he like travels the world or whatever to find players and he finds this like player that's so good like no one knows about like because he's never like played whatever and so that's what the movie's about and it's like yeah Imagine if someone table talked on him and then some other agent went and got that player. Change the whole movie. I think you need to be considerate about everybody at the draft. Like before you table talk, you need to know. But if this is like an ongoing chat and this is even before the draft, you got to. And like if someone else is sharing something about a prospect, like they're blowing up their own spot. Like so, so no one can have this player under the radar. I would I would be willing to bet this doesn't actually move the needle on any player that's yeah, ever. Yeah, but again, about. I think that if you have a like I said, and we can move on. Like I like I said, if, if that's your like policy, you know, if that's like the way that you want to have things be, then like feel free. Like I'm not saying you're wrong to like that. Like that, right. that's fine to enjoy that. <laughs> I want to clip that and put that after like anything I ever say or that someone says they like. Okay, uh, here's a story <laughs> of uh, that's similar to the Expos owned by the Yankees. Like if huh? anyone remembers the Montreal Expos of, of Major League Baseball. Um, this, this reminded me of them because Adam shares a story where he's in a 2018 Dynasty League where this one team was never any good and acted as a farm team for one other team. So the Expos were known for like growing and developing these players, but then not being able to afford to keep them. So they'd basically supply the rest of the league with superstars. Like they do all the drafting and developing and then release them into the wild. Uh, but in this situation, that like Pedro just, Martinez, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Look at you. You know about baseball. <laughs> I uh, used to be a big Lynx fan. Ottawa Lynx was the farm team for the Expos. So I was a fan of the farm team of the farm team of the Yankees. Okay. So, <laughs> In this case, uh, well, I'm calling it owned by the Yankees because this is a situation where Adam's in this 2018 Dynasty League 
And this one team that's basically a farm team is for only one other team. So the rest of us would send, or Adam said the rest of the group would send this bad team offers, but he only seemed to trade with this one other team. And Adam was like, I started to wonder if he was the son-in-law of that other team owner. Uh, The other team used these lopsided trades, like the Yankees team, to win a championship in the past. Finally, there was this one trade in the offseason that was so lopsided that enough of us voted for a veto that required the commissioner to step in. In response, the guy on the bad team dropped all of his players on fan tracks. And quit the league right then. Good. And like, yeah, for me, actually, that's like, that's fair. That's equitable. Like, you drop all your players and let everybody take them instead of just passing them over to this one person. I think this guy made a more noble move on the way out (laughs) the door than they'd be doing the whole, than they'd been doing the whole time. Like, so many leagues. You're being facetious. Yeah, but if I had, if I had a preference between a team just feeding one of my opponent's players or dropping all theirs, I'd, prefer the latter but so many leagues get blown up like you called out collusion they get blown up because of bad trades um we also have this story from dave on twitter who said two years ago there was there were a series of sketchy trades between two brothers and a father at the (laughs) trade deadline (laughs) i don't play i don't have this many fancy family members to play fancy with uh one brother was the final seed while the other two were out of contention the deals got shut down for collusion and all three left the league the following year oh it didn't work guys we're out um, I mean, that's like a uh, case closed. I wish I had enough family members to run that and that they loved me that much. Like that's a tight knit group right there working together. So like as collusion is happening, and this is about both of these stories, like what can you do about it? Can you legislate bad trades out or is it just an accepted workplace danger no, it's in like- running a fancy <laughs> and like, how do you out colluders? How do you, do you respond immediately? Wait till the end of the year. It's easy. Yeah. Again, like we said, yeah. Well, sure, counteroffers, but also it's like you ask the person who made the bad trade that looks like collusion. Like, why did you make this deal? Why do you think this is a good deal for you? And if they can't explain it, then you know that they clearly just made the trade to help the other team. <laughs> like, maybe they'll even admit it. Maybe they don't even realize that collusion is not allowed. Like, some people don't know these things. So, uh, yeah. They're, those are fun just because, like, obvious. Like, I like hearing about leagues blowing up so long as it's not happening to me, as we established before. Uh, here's is there the anything one- more pathetic than people dropping all their players when they quit. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a little baby insanity wolf. Like obviously the man, the commission is going to just add the players back and t- like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's as if like you're like, you know, like leaving a restaurant that you're unhappy with. And like, you like knock your like whatever cup off the table, like on your way out. Like, it's just like, okay, grow up. Like don't be such a loser. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you have to make more needless work? Like you could have just been mad and left, but no, you had to make everyone else's miserable as you feel. <laughs> Uh, okay. This is the world we live in, Brian. It's too bad. Like, there's like (laughs) trolls. There's like just bad people in the world doing bad things. It's like, these are the types of people, I think. Like, people that, like, you know, have to make everyone miserable. Like, come on. Please don't make everyone. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're mad. In your fancy league, do everyone a favor and just like step away. Yeah, just imagine if you're in a job interview. If I was doing a job interview and I found out that the person I'm interviewing like once quit a league and then dropped all their players on the way, it'd be instant like that would be telling. Reject like it's like you're not a cool person. Like you're someone who is like you know when you're not happy with what's going on, you like act in a petulant way. Like come on, all right, okay, everyone agrees with me. Last story. uh last story and this is also about trading but a little different than usual uh this is from kabi was on twitter uh and uh 
it said, uh, they wrote, the only thing that has really set them off in their, their league that's been running for over a decade was a trade deadline lifting. So approaching the trade offer, Kabi, I'm just going to call you Kabi, uh, was making trade offers and getting no answers and then like made a joke like when no trades happened they're like oh hey the deadline's gone and nothing happened how about that um and then that day after the joke was made the deadline was removed like trades were opened again (laughs) and there were a flurry of trades that took place uh including some major ones by the commissioner themselves. Well, yeah, because it's so, only the commissioner who has the power to change the trade deadline. Right. So they li- they removed the deadline after it had passed without it, with uh, uneventful. Removed it, made a bunch Man. of trades, and Kabi was mad. Kabi <laughs> Kabi decided to sit. Oh well, actually, this this follows up pretty well. Kabi was mad. Decided to sit their roster for a week. They were still in contention. It's like but a like, protest. They told, yeah. Like Kabi a hunger told strike. Their, their players to take a knee. <laughs> like to, to protest what oh had happened. God. And Just the commission quit. ended up winning. Uh, it's not clear whether the moves the commission made at the deadline, like, but like, like were the reason. But obviously, Kabi was mad. And no, let's be I real think, here. I, don't I think need, they were right to be mad. You don't need to speak anymore. Like, this is clearly like a corrupt commissioner. Like I, you see stories like this sometimes on the fantasy hockey subreddit also of like commissioners just doing sketchy, like, like as soon as you're in a league where the commissioner of the league is just changing the rules to benefit themselves, like so, you, that's not a league. That's not, that's ridiculous. Come so on. So you've been in this league for over 10 years, Elon, and this, mm-hmm. and this happens. Do you quit? Well, I guess you talk to everyone. You'd be like, this was BS. Does everyone agree? And if they agree with you, and then they like reverse it all, and be like, you can't tra- change the trade deadline once it's passed without like all the league agreeing to do that. Like the commit, like obviously, right? So it's like, yeah, don't maybe not quit, but like get the commission booted, or at least get this reverse and get an apology. But like, I'm not going to play in a league where anytime the the commissioner like wants to change the rules to benefit them, they're just allowed to do it, and I just have to sit there and take it. And like, maybe I could do a little silent protest that no one's going to care about. Like, it's a, I would leave. I mean, I would either leave or I'd, I'd like, you know, be ultimatum. Like, say, it's this person or me kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. I think you have to call it out. Like, I, it's awkward. Like, you can't, like, can at least give me my buy-in bag. I don't know. Like, you have to Eat feel like buy-in. some kind of yeah. penance has to be Don't offered. pay money into a league where the commissioner is a scumbag. Yeah. That's the rule. Like, if this, it's someone that you can't a, trust, then... Yeah. This yeah, is a scumbag commission move. And, like, it's nice that you're buds and you've been doing this league for over a decade, but maybe it's time to find find a better... A better one, or, or just yeah, a new commission. Like new commission. What did everyone else feel? Like everyone else thought it was fine. To me, it's just like so. A, everyone insane. else was making trades. It's it from <laughs> from all I could understand. Okay, this um, is how it should have been handled. Probably like I asked, happened. I yeah. said no. There was no. I like I clarified with Kavi. I'm like, so I said that's weird, and there's no reason why anyone was silent and then suddenly active. Like once the deadline was removed after it had passed, and Kavi was like, well, most didn't even seem to realize the deadline had passed and then was removed. It's another reason to like leave the league. But like, yeah, I think that like probably what happened is some people saw their message and then realized, Oh, I do want to make trades and maybe like, but this could have been an open conversation. Like people could have been like, Hey, let's, uh, does anyone object to like, you know, like extending the trade deadline or whatever? Then they could have a league vote. 
You know, like do it in an above board way, not yeah, just like the right, commission. There's a way. Doesn't. And yeah. I think what happened was the commission lifted it, made a couple deals, and then everybody else started making deals because they're like, oh, well, like I've got it. It became that arms race that happened mm-hmm. so often at the deadline. Um, all right. Well, there it is. If So those are, uh, thank you all. Thank you, Kavi. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Devo. Thank you, Ryan. I hope I named it. Adam. Thanks, everybody who, sh- who shared. Uh, Thank you, Anonymous, who shared stories with us. If this is inspired, like, if you're like, oh, I've got a crazy story, let us know on our Patreon Discord, which you can join by going to keepingcarlson.com slash patron or at Keeping Carlson, because <laughs> I love these stories. Like, I can't get enough. The Jock Peterson, Tommy fan stuff, like, that was fun to follow for a few days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, give me more. Give me more to feast on. And if we have enough, we can always do a little part two. But this was really fun. Elon, thanks for weighing in. And uh, again, we'd love your feedback on how we handle the cupful and what you like your commissioner to be like super hands on, super hands off. Um, then that's a, uh, that's, that's it. a show. That's a show. That's show. All right. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, hope you, hopefully you've been enjoying all the other content that's been in your feed lately. We had uh, some fun beat writer interviews. I talked to Charlie O'Connor, Ben t- uh, about the flyers, Ben talked to Joe Yurden about the Sabres. Both I think were like really great interviews. And you might think to yourself, I don't care about the Flyers. I don't care about the Sabres. Like, if you want to be successful in fantasy, like, do yourself a favor. These were good interviews talking about some players who you may think like will be fantasy relevant, and they gave reasons why they're not, or vice versa. Like, especially with the Sabres, I think that's like such a fascinating team, right? Because it's like, is Tage Thompson really this good? Like, what's the deal with Jeff Skinner? Like, was it just the coach that that was the difference? Then you have like Dalene, like Owen Power. What can we expect? You know, like there was a lot of really interesting discussions there that I think are really going to inform my decisions of drafting Sabres. And there's like a lot of Sabres that I might want to draft next year. There's, they also had a conversation about like, is, is Cousins or, ugh, what's that guy's name? What's the guy they got Middle from Stein? Vegas? No, the guy oh, they got from Krebs. Yeah, is Sorry, so is Cousins or Krebs going to break out? And like, if one of them does, which one will? And it's like, probably one of them will. It was like, I don't know. So I really enjoyed that interview a lot. So check that out. Check out all the Beat Writer interviews. Uh, we have more coming. I'm talking to uh, Prashanth Iyer. I think tomorrow is the tentative plan about the Red Wings. Ben's going to be talking to Lisa Dillman about the LA Kings. I just traded for Trevor, Trevor Moore in my Dynasty League. So hopefully Ben will get some information from me about if Trevor Moore is as good as he looked at the end of last season. Uh, so yeah, make sure you're subscribed to Keeping Carlson on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you subscribe, and you'll get all our apps. And before you know it, Brian... We're going to be done the playoffs. We're going to get into draft season. We're probably going to do an episode about prospects and the draft. And then we're going to have episodes about free agency and all the fantasy impacts of all the signings. Then we're going to be doing episodes about recapping last season and like which players do we think like, you know, did differently in a sustainable way, which players are probably going to revert back to how they were before. Like we got a lot coming. So uh, yeah, off season's fun. Thanks everyone for joining us. Like Brian said, and I guess with that, let's cue the outro music. Maybe the outro music could have been going through that whole thing. But anyways, cue it now. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and read the credits? All right. This episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons, including our super supporters, who kick in a little extra to really, uh, really keep the, the new episodes coming, really motivate us. Uh, Patty, Rob, David, Derek, Tom, Andrea, Flash, and Tyler. Uh, thank you to Shams in the chat and Norm in the chat. You guys get credits this episode and Shams, uh, gamedaytweets.com. The news, the news is still coming through the off season. So check out there if you want to keep on top of everything. Also follow Ben and Lewis at Short Shifts KK. They're still tweeting occasionally. Uh, logo art by brandonweeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. This episode was researched with help from 
Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools, Hockey Reference. That's it. You, your contributions. Thanks, everybody, for listening and contributing. We'd love to hear from you. If you ever have a, an idea for a show episode, by the way, we're all ears. Elon just detailed all the stuff that we need to talk about. Uh, so, like, there's not a ton of wiggle room here, but you have a good idea? Pitch it. We'd love to we hear. We have wiggle room. We'll just do an extra show. We, we have yeah. time, right, Brian? Exactly. All the time in the world. As long as you're not having to talk for two days with uh, different managers about the moves they make, then we, we can maybe make some time. But yeah, thanks again. Also, thanks to Andrea again for all her help running the drafts every day of the rankings. Uh, yeah, Brian, great job as always. Looking forward to talking to you, I guess, in a couple weeks. When By then, are we going to be... By then, we'll be talking about who won the Stanley Cup, probably. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. Uh, until then, and through then, happy Pride Month. And let's keep doing all we can to make sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone. <laughs>